Shooters Radio Universe. My name, of course, is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, nitpicky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? As always, with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. Like the things that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. Oh my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniacism. Well, all the skeptics and all the people have a little bit. Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said, give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land? My name is Warren Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone, the Philly voice and Philly influencer. And you're listening to episode 239 of the Street Shooters on a whole boatload of platforms out there on said internet land. But before I get into where we are specifically or what we're talking about tonight, which we got a lot to talk about, actually, Nick, I got to check in with you first before we get into this whole podcast. We got a lot to talk about, as I said. How you doing tonight, my good brother? You sound like a brand new man out here. I sound good, brody. I sound good. <laughs> I, I'm feeling good. I sound good. This is my first show with uh, the new microphone I bought after three long years. So I'm hoping that our listeners don't have to hear me breathe again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, we do what we can do. And your That's boy, right. your boy is up getting the microphone soon, too. So we're going to be sounding just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Studio quality sound. No, but. Right here on the straight shooters, even though we're in quarantine, you know, and in the comfy confines of our own homes right now. But yeah, we're getting it together here on the straight shooters. Took us a while, but we're getting it together eventually. Uh, and like I said, we're on some platforms that we've always been on since the day one, like Apple Podcasts or Spreaker and stuff like that. We're also on Pandora. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash shooters radio. We you can subscribe to some exclusive content for the small fee of one ninety nine. You can check us out on shootersradio.com. You can check out all of our archives. Nick is putting up classic episodes. Of course, all of our current episodes are up there. The most recent ep- classic episode that was just recently put up yesterday, I believe, or earlier today, I should say, as we record this on Thursday, June 18th, was from episode 147, which seems like a lifetime ago at this point, Yeah, uh, was our Roman Reigns retrospective. And I'm not sure exactly from which point in time in his career this was done i think this was done before uh his second bout of cancer if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah it was the spring or summer of 2018 so i believe it was the fall of 2018 when he when he went away so yeah yeah you put in the description here may 9th 2018 Mm, i'm good so uh, i'm not sure what what else happened after that point i mean that we might have missed Instead of uh, talking about, I mean, when did he go away with the cancer diagnosis? That was late 2018, right? It was October, I believe. Yeah, and then 2019 is when he came back, and he had the match against Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. So, yeah, yeah, we didn't cover that stretch of his career. We didn't cover uh, him winning the Universal Championship right before 
he went away with his second bout of cancer. So pretty much caught up and just cover the, the majority of his career that episode outside of the last, obviously since, you know, late 2018 into now, but he hasn't been in the ring for a month. So no. I thought it would be a yeah. good episode to reshare because, uh, you know, we haven't seen him around. He made that decision to stay home and, you know, take care of his good family. Exactly. Good for him. So I felt like, you know, it's a little bit of paying homage to Roman Reigns as well. Uh, cause he, he's been very good for very long and, uh, he just, some, sometimes I feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Well, I think he's going to start getting the credit now because like you said, he's decided to stay home because again, he is a two time, uh, winner. He, he's not going to say winner, but he's beaten leukemia twice. Uh, so which I'm assuming his immune system is compromised. Because of this, that's terrible illness. So he's made the decision to stay home during uh, COVID nineteen because and not be take part in WWE's television tapings and be around people, uh, a bunch of people. He, you know, he did. He was there in the beginning. He got through WrestleMania, right? Wasn't he? Um, well, no, he was supposed to be at WrestleMania, but right. he pulled out yeah, because was, he's yep. going to go home. Yep. But he originally booked to go against Goldberg at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. And he pulled out of that match. So he started out in the beginning of the whole, I guess, the quarantine shows that WWE put on. But he eventually was like, nope, I'm going to stay home. It'd be even worse now because he actually have people in the building watching the matches. And we found out recently they they wasn't even testing these people. And somebody came down with COVID. Now they're testing everybody. So it's like, and you yeah. see Florida like, breaking records every day, it seems like, with new yeah. cases because they opened up way too soon. But I digress. I think. Roman Reigns' decision to stay home, smart one at the time, even smarter in hindsight, do what you got to do to protect yourself and your family. And I think a lot of people respect that from Roman Reigns. And once he, whenever he comes back, you know, whenever it's safe for him to come back, I think he'll, you know, there won't be any type of negative vibes for Roman Reigns. I mean, I think people have a newfound respect for the guy. Yeah, and it's kind of sad that it took something like this to get there but uh he, he was That's the fair. first one to really you know kind of set his foot down and be like hey i'm not coming and now i think kevin owens it was reported that he wasn't there this past week after finding out that um someone had tested positive for covid and he apparently lost a family member uh to covid yeah. so uh you know it's not just wrong sammy Zayn too you know that's yep. why they stripped him of the intercontinental title and i get it if they want to keep, keep things fresh on their tv show but I also don't blame Sammy Sammy Zayn at all for nope. what he did. I don't blame, I don't blame anybody. So uh, yeah, it's just kind of a shame that it took this for people to kind of come around with Roman Reigns. But hmm. you know, he's showing that even though he's been the face of WWE for a little bit, that that doesn't matter. You know, his family is more important than anything, and his life is more important, and that's awesome to see. And I, and I think we talked about this on that's classic episode one forty seven. Is that it's not Roman Reigns' fault per se. It's really WWE's fault and how they yeah. present him and how. Pretty much how they're booking Charlotte right now, which made people not like Charlotte because we're tired of seeing yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, it's the same way with how it was with Roman Reigns. It just so happened Roman Reigns is bearing the brunt of it because he's the one getting booed or getting the mixed reaction. Well, Charlotte's not getting any reaction right now because nobody's <laughs> really there. Yeah. But they're the ones bearing the brunt. But it's not really their fault. Charlotte's super talented, worthy of being at or near the top of the card. Roman Reigns, same exact way, super talented, worthy of being at or near the top of the card. But there is a fine line between showcasing your top stars and forcing them all the way down your throat. And WWE, yeah. it's yeah. 
doesn't like subtlety and doesn't like to, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, do things in doses. They just, <laughs> just right. give it to you all, all the time. Yeah, and it, they completely ruin what actually makes fans organically like somebody, and then they completely change that character to, and that that's part of the reason why fans are just they get tired of it. And you know, I, I criticize them for their reactions at times, um, but I also it's very it's very well documented that if you change something that the fans fall in love with, then they're going to completely turn on it after you change it. So I understand it from that perspective, too. Yeah. Well, we didn't come on this show to talk about that. <laughs> that's one thing. Uh, you know, that's obviously big in the news, obviously. COVID's been, been in the new, big in the news for months, obviously. But we got a lot to talk about in this show. Uh, we got on here on episode 239, even though we were just talking about 147. We're going to focus on 239, today's show, tonight's show, I should say. What are we going to talk about? We got live commentary. Yeah. Part two of our little series that we've been doing that we started a couple weeks back. We're going to do Ric Flair versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. The second match in their epic series from 1989. This time it's Clash of Champions 6. Two out of three falls. It's going to be lit. Yeah. The match is pretty <laughs> long, according to Nick, though. I forgot how long this match was. Yeah. Yeah, um, we're going to... I'm going to have to get a refill before we start. <laughs> do, do what you got to do. Um, because it's, it's, a, it's apparently it's a do, but you know, it's a long match, but it's a great match. So settled in for that. We're also going to talk about a fun topic. Before we get into that, we're going to have a discussion. We've kind of had a discussion like this in the past. So you can check it out in the archives about video games, wrestling video games. But I don't think we really had enough time to really dig deep. That discussion was back in the old Wi-Fi radio.com days. And we had the studio. We only had an hour, like a hard hour, yeah. to talk about everything we wanted to talk about. But now, we don't have any restraints on how we much time we have. We do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we can go all night if we want to. We won't do that. But we could dig a little deeper. And I want to kind of talk about, and the reason why I want to talk about this is because the PS5 just got unveiled last week sometime. And we saw some great unveilings, Spider-Man unveiling and all this stuff. I was like, man... Even though there's not going to be a WWE 2K game this year, they're going to come back next year, I guess, with 2K22. Uh, there's not going to be any 2K21 this year. Uh, but let's take a like, take talk about our wrestling video game journey. I want to go back to the days of Nintendo, Super Nintendo, all the way up to now, and kind of talk about what games we were playing, our experiences with them, whether we liked the games, whether we disliked the games. We're going to go all the way through, and that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that because I, I don't know about you guys, Can't but I played it. tons of video games when <laughs> as a kid. Having a lot lately, which is in hindsight, it's like I think about it, it's like, oh, that kind of sucks. I used to love playing video games. My daughter loves playing video games, so now I got to get back into them because she's into them. And plus, hey, I miss playing video games. It's like you know, I got to get back into this. I got to save a couple of dollars because video games are expensive. But yeah. You know, I'm looking at, I might have to cop a PS5 because it's, it's going to be fun. And my daughter likes to play video games. I, I like to play with her at some point. But, yeah, that's nice. You know, to get get back into it. And I, and I know you, Nick, I'm sure you play video games as well. 
Yeah, I loved it growing up. I think that was one of my favorite things to do every Friday night, go rent a new video game. Oh, yeah. And remember, I, I was talking about how I would rent the consoles for a weekend. Oh, I did, too. Instead of buying them. <laughs> I did, too. I rented, I rented a Nintendo 64 when I was, like, uh, yeah. man, like, seven, eight years old. I didn't have a video. I didn't have a wrestling video game. I had uh. Mortal Kombat Trilogy, which was fun, uh, and Super Mario World, Mario 64, which was classic. Classic game, but I did yeah. not have a wrestling video game. This is, this is like ninety seven ish, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. this is before No Mercy, before NWO Revenge. Maybe World Tour was out at that point, but that's neither here nor there. So we're going to dig deeper into that a little bit later. But we got to start off today our episode on a very serious topic. And if you haven't been paying attention to Twitter the last couple of days, especially wrestling Twitter. There has been quite a bit going on when it comes to people getting called out, called all the way out in the midst of all this pandemic and the social injustice, racial inequality stuff that's going on, that movement that, you know, that seeing some, you know, some real change in the world. We still got time and I'm glad we still have time to call people out in the wrestling business specifically for sexual assault. And you see the allegations and the stories, and not really allegations because these particular people and the people in particular I'm talking about are David Starr, independent wrestler, and Brandon Stroud, who is a wrestling journalist for Uproxx, but he was in the wrestling business as like a, an announcer. They've come out and apologized and kind of like, you know, put out a mea culpa on Twitter. So it definitely had some credence to the, you know, the allegations that people levied upon them. But, and I didn't want to spend all show talking about this, but I did want to say I applaud the people for coming out and speaking their truth, number one. Uh, that's obviously, you know, I wish it happened more often. And, but unfortunately people don't because they're, they're afraid. It's, it's a fear factor to it. People, they're not sure if they're going to be believed. They're not sure there's going to be any repercussions. It's so much that goes into it. Um, as to why some people don't come out right away when they're sexually assaulted. So if you're a person out there, don't blame them for not coming out right away. Well, why? What took you so long? Because it's a it's a tricky situation, man. It's a traumatic situation, and it might take some time for them to muster up the courage to actually say something. So don't hold that against them, not yeah. one bit. I would encourage people to do that. Yeah. Once you, um, I mean, if you haven't been in, in that situation, you have no clue how. how to react and or how to tell someone how to react. 100% facts. So, obviously, I mean, I don't have to, I mean, I, I can speak for Nick on this one. Sexual assault is awful in all forms. No matter who it happens to, it's terrible. So, yeah, I'm not trying to preach people here, but obviously, this is obvious. Don't sexually assault people. Be better than that. Be better people. What I really want to focus on is for people when you know, because obviously we want to encourage people to speak up and call out people. Vic, you know, victims. I it's it's tough to come at victims when they don't speak up because again they're in a precarious situation. But what I want is for people who hear these accusations is to lend credence to them, believe them. Because obviously people people do lie, you do make up stuff, but at least take it seriously. Don't just write it off as oh somebody just wanting attention or something like that. Hey, yeah, lend some credence. Because people, most people, 
I would say nine times out of ten, they're telling the truth. People don't want to be in that position. They don't want to say, oh, I've been sexually assaulted just because. It's like black people. We don't want to say, oh, we're oppressed. That ain't fun. We're speaking because that's what has happened. So, you know, sexual assault victims, when they say, hey, this is what happened, this is the person who did that, you know, believe them. You know, or at least, you know, lend credence to it. Don't just write it off and shun it as if it's hogwash. It's not. Right. It's real stuff out here going on. And also, if you maybe if you're not a victim of it, but what if you if you witness it in some way, if you are privy to this stuff, say something. Because I understand the victims, they may not want to come out right away because, again, it's a traumatic thing for them. They may not want to come out and say anything. But there's always, you hear it even in Hollywood or wherever, you always hear like, oh, yeah, it's like a, the, the dirty little secret that everybody knew about. How did Bill Cosby get, you know, how did he wind up in jail? Because Hannibal Burris said something. And it was like, he said it because it was like a known thing in Hollywood. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like a dirty little secret. And then all of a sudden, it started popping up everywhere. And other people got called out too for their nonsense, and their you know, and their you know, thing, terrible things they did in the, in the past. So, but if you are privy to it, and if you are aware of it, I mean, I don't know. I would recommend maybe I don't know if I'm. Do you think that's wrong? I mean, for me to say, hey, call people out on it, I would hope that would be the case. I'm, you know that. I think that, it's easier uh, now because. There's a lot of support surrounding the people that do come out and say something, uh, whereas maybe even 20 years ago, there wasn't. Unfortunately for, for me, I've had the experience of being through that in terms of family members and having to uh, listen to them and understand what they've gone through you know, in, in their childhood, and it's not easy at all. There, there, was, there was a time where everything was suppressed, and you know they just... There were, you know, grandparents and great grandparents that had to turn the other cheek because if they were to do something, they would lose their life or lose their house. You know, they would lose their their income because of the people that were doing these things. And I wasn't privy to it. I, you know, my family kind of didn't even realize it, thought we they had moved past it. And I didn't even realize it until I was like a teenager that this was going on. Um, way back when and uh really you know rest in peace mom she went through a lot and she was able to overcome that and have a beautiful family uh two kids awesome husband and you know i look at her as like an idol in that respect and not everyone uh you know she didn't have the the support that she wanted so it was very hard for her to, you know, come to grips with these things. You know, she went to therapy and everything and had help. Um, and she was able to, you know, overcome that. But it's it's not the same for every person. So that's why every single every single occurrence of this has to be treated individually. And uh, you can't just look at, well, I, I can't say, oh, well, my mom overcame it, so why can't somebody else? Like, that's not how... I will uh, approach this thing anymore because I am kind of informed about how these things happen and what goes through the minds of the victims. So it's it's I think a better situation in 2020 for people to to you know come out and, and say these things because they have the support that 
uh, was not there, you know, back 30, 40, 50 years ago. So I do applaud them still for coming out. You know, it's not easy just because they have the, they, they feel like they might have support surrounding them when they come out and say this doesn't mean make it any easier. You know, it's still their trauma. It's still their situation. So, uh, I have to, you have to listen. You have to listen. You can't just sit here and say, oh, they're just doing it for attention because that's demeaning not only to that person, but to every single person that's had to go through that. Yeah, it's awful. And you see uh, a lot of wrestlers getting called out right now for sexual yeah, yeah. assault. I mean, just overall abuse, whether it be physical or emotional or psychological. You see David uh, Starr, you know, do this big, long apology basically calling that lady a liar and then deleting his twitter it's like what good does that do you're basically calling her a liar and you're supposed to be this good guy that you know the wrestling fans have gravitated towards and been like hey that's you know wrestling's filled with a lot of carnies but that guy is a good guy and it turns out he's not yeah so obviously you know no i message be good to one another be good people but uh in this instance when this stuff happens you got to just listen and and be there for people and support them. You know, don't just shun them. It's just, you know, there's a, they took the they they, they mustered up the courage. It's hard enough just to say yeah. that this happened yeah. to these to to you. Like if you're a victim of it, it's hard for them to just come out and say it. And then you make it harder when you know you don't believe them or you say they're doing it for attention. It's just. No, that's, yeah, it's that's not, terrible. So I mean, they have like therapy, but. That doesn't always just fix the problem. It's a personal trauma that a lot of the victims, if not all the victims, will never be able to completely forget. And they might be able to move on, but that doesn't mean that they will forget. And it doesn't mean that it won't resurface later in life. And I know that from seeing it close up from, you know, my family. And, uh, you know, it's, I couldn't even imagine... uh, what they went through, really. I mean, I can listen to them, but I, I just still can't even imagine. All right, we, we can't understand, so because we've never been in that situation. Right. The only thing we can do, is, like I said, listen, understand, you know, take it seriously. Don't just write it off. Right, yeah. And call out, call out these people, man. Call out these suckers out here in this wrestling business who, for whatever yeah. reason, they feel like they have the, the right to do this. Because they're putting other or, people's livelihood on the line, too. Because if you... They're not just using their name or their uh, place in the business to uh, persuade others, but they're they can also blacklist others, and that's messing with people's yep. money. And that's that. I'm not saying that's just bad, but that that's what they're doing, and that's but that's, that's adding to drama. I mean, yeah, if you can't earn a living, yes. that yeah. can make you depressed. Yeah. Like yeah. it can, you know, right. yep. look, look at it right now. I mean, people are going through it right now because of this pandemic. Uh, and people, you know, I'm sure mental health is, man, it's people, a lot of people's mental health right now is teetering because they don't know what the future, you know, mm-hmm. what, what lies ahead in the future for them. And same thing for wrestlers. I mean, they don't, maybe their sole livelihood isn't wrestling because obviously when you're not making that much money, you probably have another job, but you want to get to a point where you can make this your permanent full-time job and you got to work your way up. And if you get blackballed because of something that happened to you. That's not going to make the situation any better. So, you know, people in wrestling, we got to get it together. I, you know, it's a shame that I got to learn about the, It's a shame that this stuff is happening. And I feel bad for uh, the victims. 
I just wish that we can, you know, I don't know how, you know, just be better in the wrestling business and, and try to get these, weight weed these people out. But it's it's all over the world. It's all over the place, honestly. And it's, it's a shame uh, that it happens. It's like just the predatory behavior needs to stop. Yeah. The whole, um, you know, just it, it's it's a sickness and it needs to, the, the people that can make these decisions that impact lives should not be using that as part of their predatory uh, behavior. Yeah, so that's you know that's all I wanted to definitely wanted to address that, and you know know that we here at the Straight Shooters, if it means anything at all, I mean, if it means anything, we support all those victims. Yes. Um, you know, one hundred percent, and we are definitely condemning those who are not just you know sexual assault or abuse, whether emotional, physical, or psychological. That's terrible. And that's not just towards women, it's towards men, it's towards other people in the locker room, whether it's hazing, all that stuff. That stuff's got to get out. That stuff is terrible. That stuff is whack. Honestly, it's, to me, it's just whack. If you're a bully, we talked about bullying on here before, whack. And, of course, sexual assault, that's just horrible on a whole other level. I mean, so, uh, and I'm, I'm glad these people are getting called out. Just like a lot of the racists are getting called out and losing their jobs because they're doing racist stuff on camera. <laughs> now, these... You know, guys who are, I mean, really don't belong in these types of settings around these people. Right. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Should it's not just, have that power. And, right. You know, this, Somehow they this get the might power just be too. the, might, yeah, exactly. And, and then people just cover be, it up. They, they help yeah. them maintain the power because they don't want to rock the boat. They want to maintain the yeah, status exactly. quo for whatever reason. As if, you know, if you're an independent wrestling, you lose one person, all of a sudden you're, you know, oh no, the world's going to end. No, man, you're going to lose wrestlers anyway because it's independent wrestling. So, right. You know, it's 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 trash, and we and it's a culture that obviously can use um, some overhaul and some yeah. reform in that respect. So yeah, and I feel like it's just the beginning. Hope we can hope. I mean, like I said, I'm glad it's happening now. It, it, you know, let's, any point is a good starting point. Let's start it now. Why not? Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, more power to all the victims out there. Seven. Sending all the support, you know, emotional support that we, you know, moral support that we can send. I don't know these people personally, but you know, if you're listening to this, we got you back. You know, if that means anything, it might not mean anything, but if it does, we support you. We we hear you. Yeah, we yes, yeah, that's there you go. We hear you. We're listening, and we hey, like you said, we hear you. So we're all for it. So, um, moving on in the awkward transition to uh, a lighter. Subject. I feel like we've had a lot of awkward transitions in yeah, recent, recent a, months. But it's the where it's where we are yeah. in the world right now, unfortunately, yeah. with a pandemic. Like I said, yeah. with protests, peaceful or unpeaceful, uh, with police brutality and all that stuff. And we've addressed it. Uh, we don't really hide from a lot of these subjects on this show. No, we're 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 almost like a variety show. It's like we're <laughs> our main thing is wrestling, but we will literally talk about what. The per the pertinent. Uh, I mean, hey, stuff. That's that's why we're the straight shooters. We we that's don't right. sugarcoat it. We talk mm-hmm. about it. We get it out there, and we ain't hiding. You know, mm-hmm. we, we put it out there. We, we you know, uh, we ain't gonna just put our heads in the sands. Just like the, the stuff, the sexual assault stuff going on in wrestling. We easily just say, hey, oh, we won't address it. It's negative. No, we're gonna talk about it because it needs yeah. to be talked about, and it's uncomfortable for some people. But hey, imagine how comfortable it is for these victims that are going yeah. through. 
these traumatic situations. Exactly. I mean, again, couldn't even imagine the trauma they're going through after all this stuff. Um, you know, being betrayed by people you trusted. Um, but you know, hey, we're gonna talk about it. And if mm-hmm. something else happens like this, or another controversy that comes up in wrestling or something like of this sort, we're in the world. We're gonna talk about it. We, we don't, you know, we've never been the type of show anyway. But I think as a society, we should be done dip, ducking our head in the sand and pretending stuff ain't going on. Agreed. Hundred you know, percent. Stuff is happening, and, and it's since we're a wrestling show, it's in the industry that we follow and that we grew up loving. And if there's a a wrong or an injustice, we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, we you have put this it platform, and we're not gonna shy away from it. Exactly. So if you don't like it. Too damn bad. <laughs> it's our show. <laughs> five years. Talk. Five years. Oh, man. Damn straight. We're going to do it as long as we can. That's right. So, all right. Now, again, uncle transition to a lighter subject, less uh, serious. Video games. Wrestling video games. Woo-hoo. Like I said, the PS5 got unveiled last week. It looked, the, the unveiling was phenomenal, Twitter honestly. was lighting up. I was like, what is going on? Because I didn't realize what was happening until about, you know, 10 minutes later. But Twitter was going nuts. And rightfully so, man. It was lit. Like, you, <laughs> the design was kind of, <laughs> it was funny. I like the design. Of, I think like it. It's kind of Someone kinda cool. said it looked like the Barclays uh, Center <laughs> or something it, like that. It does. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. But, um, you know, so with that, when that happening... When that happened last week, I was like, you know what, let's talk about wrestling video games. Because, again, we talked about this before, but we didn't have that much time. And you know, Yeah, that, that's a good fire. call by you, because I knew we talked about it before, but we didn't really go in-depth because we were constrained. And uh, we're not constrained now, baby. Exactly. We only had, like I said, we had a hard hour to talk about this type of stuff. So everything that we wanted to talk about in 60 minutes. And if you don't know anything about us, <laughs> just know that we like to talk. We we can kind of go over that sixty minutes sometimes. So now since we're on our own, we can do whatever the hell we want, like Nick said. So uh, we're gonna dig deeper into gotta it. Figure out a way to get those Keenan and Kel soundboard clips to play. That's true. That's true. I do miss the Keenan and Kel <laughs> yeah. soundboard. Um, that I was, was listening to them a few weeks ago, just cracking up. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah, but I wanted to start off with you, Nick. Kind of. You can start off, we'll kind of go back and forth here, but what was kind of like the first wrestling video game that you can remember? What system, what game, and give me some of the memories you kind of have on that. So I started watching in 1990, and uh, we did get a Nintendo, my sister and I, the regular Nintendo Entertainment System uh, for Christmas one year. So I'm assuming it was 1990 Christmas, and that was the year that I started watching wrestling. So... Uh, they had that uh, WrestleMania game uh, for NES, and my parents had bought that for us, along with the Mario Brothers, and that came with the Duck Hunt and all that stuff. So that's my first wrestling video game. Was I don't know if there were wrestling video games before that WrestleMania game, but I just remember, you know, how it would be on the screen and it would see like bigger, better, better, or something like that, and I was like, what does that mean, like? bigger better better like why, why is it better isn't better like a bad thing um so wasn't that like the slogan for wrestlemania yeah or yeah it was like, like a it became part of the a slogan for one of the wrestlemanias and then it was on the video game 
what I remember the most about that video game is the music that was playing in the background. And that's my fondest memory of that because, you know, even if you were Hulk Hogan or Andre the Giant, like, they were, you, you could tell the differences in the graphics, but um, the moves and everything, it was only three sides of the ring and the the far side. Um, I, at least I like the ropes, you know, like that's probably why where my fascination of the ring ropes came into play with that video game. And, uh, you know, I don't even remember really a lot of the characters that were playable in that game. I was probably always Hulk Hogan. Uh, I did like Andre the Giant just because he looked big, uh, bigger compared to the other ones. But uh, I can't. So was this WrestleFest or? No, it was like WrestleMania. I don't know if it was technically called the arcade game, but uh, it was okay. it was branded WrestleMania. Because I do remember WrestleMania on Super Nintendo. And I did play that because I had, I had Nintendo, like you said, I had that game. And that was a lot of fun. But my first real memories, because I remember on Nintendo, we had like Friday the 13th, the video game, which I don't yeah. know how, how many people remember that game. That game was dope back nope, in the day, though. <laughs> Super difficult, too. Um, so we had that. Um, but my first real memory of a wrestling video game was Super Nintendo. I think we had WrestleMania on Super Nintendo, but we definitely had Royal Rumble on Super yes. Nintendo. Yes, yes, that was... The first wrestling game I had on Super Nintendo as well, the Royal Rumble. Yep, that game was so fun. It was ridiculous, and one of the like the characters looked great. And one of my favorite parts of the game, and I look back, and it's still a great part of the game, is the character select screen when you would cycle through, and you, when you would get to a certain person or any character in the game, when you get to that person, the music would play like a digitized yeah. Yeah. music, and it sounded so good for like. <laughs> An eight bit or sixteen bit system. A sixteen the Super Nintendo was sixteen bits. So for a sixteen bit system, that music sounded hella good. Like it was go back and listen play that game if anybody <laughs> has it. And listen you can just listen to Ted DiBiase's theme music and it sounded great. Like it sounded fantastic. Mr. Perfect's theme music, hella good. Yeah. Like it was great. That was yeah. one of my um earliest memories of playing uh, a wrestling video game. I remember you could do a Royal Rumble mode, obviously, because the game was called a Royal Rumble. And I think there was a referee in the ring. It was just, it was, it was dope. It was a lot of fun um, back in the day on Super Nintendo. I would always hate when they would grapple you near the ropes and throw you out. I was like, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> I, I, had, I had a hard time winning the Royal Rumble, but <laughs> I did like the game. I uh, did like the package. I love the Royal Rumble logo, so that was part of it. Um, yeah, just, yeah. You know, I kind of would, instead of putting that, you know, with the rest of my video games, I would kind of leave it out on the desk just so I could look at the picture. You know, I did that a lot back then where I would just leave it out so I could look at the picture here and there just because I loved it. Remember back in the day, video games, you would look at the box art for the video game. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it can, because now you can just download a game straight to your system, which is yeah. can obviously mad convenient. Like, you know, it's, it's like Netflix, obviously, but for video games, you get to keep it. And you don't have to worry about, you know, take it, you get a bunch of games, you don't have to worry about them taking them space in your house and stuff like that. Right, right. So I understand why downloading games is very convenient for the consumer. Now, it sucks for video game stores because they're probably losing money because of these systems you're able to download it onto them because our hard jobs are so huge now. 
But back in the day, you know, I hate to sound old, I'm, I'm only 31, but back in my day, you just had to leave the house for the game, see? 15 miles in the snow. Right, both uphill both ways. <laughs> and you would get that game, and you look at the box art, and it's like, yeah. whoa, and you look at the back, and like, whoa, and it's like, it's, it's funny now, because like, people talk about like Madden, and they, like, they only cater to people, they only try to get back of the box features, and that's all they really care about. And it's like, but who gets who looks at the back of the box anymore for games like <laughs> dude i love the box art you're I, right, right, right up my alley you know i would i would go to the store buy it and just look at the back the whole way home oh man just turn it, it wasn't the front only one. And back you know and uh, i remember it even up till my teen years um even after high school i would go get something on like playstation or something like that and just just look at it because you know the playstation ones were one thing that it looked like a CD and everything, and it was smaller, and uh, but it was like cooler because they had the booklet, and yep. uh, I just thought it looked cooler. And I had one of those storage pens where you put the console on the top, and then you would uh, have the drawer below it, and you would just pull it out, and then you would have slots for the games. And I remember uh, when I got the PlayStation, you know, I got that, and it, it was slots for the CD type. Uh, boxes box art or whatever and so when i had my super nintendo games i would give them i would sell them back you know with the console or whatever because i only i only was allowed one console at a time so when i switched consoles i would get rid of whatever i had so i wasn't able to have like two at one time or anything like that Mm -hmm. but the super nintendo those boxes were the first one they were bigger than the regular nintendo ones and uh it seemed like they had more detail and they you know, just it, I gravitated towards that stuff. That's why I went Super Nintendo right away. I, I had my choice. It, for Christmas, it was like either Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis. And, you know, I was kind of like, Super Nintendo, let's go. Man, and look. I had it for a while. That's probably one of the hardest decisions of your life, though. Because, yeah. like, people don't understand, like, our younger listeners, Sega Genesis was every bit as good as Nintendo, if not better. I, I, think, in some yeah, ways. I think it was better because... In, I don't know where I came across this, but it was like there were levels to certain consoles. And for me, it was like Nintendo, then Super Nintendo, then Sega Genesis. Like that was the order. But I went Super Nintendo just because like I, I don't know, maybe it was the Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. And I'm, oh, I'm, not, sure, I'm not sure if Sega Genesis ever had that. Nostalgia is hard know, they, with they the Ken know, Yeah, that was, you know, I think that came with the Super Nintendo when I got it. And that might have. Now, I'm trying to think back. This was around yeah. 94, I think. So, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, like I'm thinking back, and I'm like, maybe I made the decision based off getting that baseball game. And I remember playing the Ken Griffey Jr. game on... There, actually, Super Nintendo might have had two Ken Griffey Jr. games. I'm not I sure. I think they did. I'm not I sure Sega ever I, had it. I remember that. I had Super Nintendo. I think my dad, you know, was there too for a little bit. He had a Genesis on his own. Mm. So he was playing like Joe Montana football. And then we had Mortal Kombat on Genesis, which meant we got to see the blood. Because <laughs> <laughs> Super Nintendo didn't have the blood on Mortal Kombat. Oh, it's yeah, just like there you go. great puffs of smoke popping off the body. <laughs> <laughs> but on Genesis, they had the blood, see? So it was dope. That's what I'm saying. That was a hard decision. Y'all understand, younger listeners had to make that decision between Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. A lot of people did have both. I didn't have both. Like, my mom didn't buy it, but like I said, my dad just happened. He had one already. Hmm. And my mom bought us a Super Nintendo. So... We had both a little while, then we you know they broke up, and they went to Genesis, but we still had the Super Nintendo. So, uh, but yeah, that was dope. Um, 
So, so that was Super Nintendo with Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. My next kind of game that I can remember off the top of my head, I should have wrote these down, I guess, but <laughs> it's, I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty good with the memory. Don't worry. The next game I can remember, though, still on Super Nintendo, but definitely heaven arcade, was the WrestleMania arcade game. Do you remember this game? That that was on Super Nintendo? Unless I'm tripping, I could have swore it was. I remember playing it. Maybe it was only in arcades. I didn't have a WrestleMania game for Super Nintendo, I don't think. You don't remember this arcadey, super ridiculous arcade game? It was, it was on Super Nintendo. It was on, at least it was on Genesis. See, I thought it was it called it, WrestleMania the Arcade Game. It, it might was have like been, Mortal it Kombat. Might have, it might have been Genesis then. It was like, I remember playing this game vividly. Or, or playing both. Maybe it was too. on both. But it was like Mortal Kombat but with wrestlers. <laughs> like, it wasn't no animated characters. It was digitized characters. Because I remember this was like 94, 95. By this point, Mortal Kombat had taken over the world, essentially. Like, yeah. By the time 95 hit, this was when I think this game came out. Let me look. It came out in 95, yeah. I think we were already on Mortal Kombat 3 by that point. <laughs> and obviously, again, Mortal Kombat was like the hottest game out. I mean, people, they literally changed the, they made a gaming uh, review board or whatever, the, the gaming rating system because of Mortal Kombat pretty much. And it was like everywhere. It was like hotter than fish grease. So that digitized character thing was kind of popular at that point, so they did it in WrestleMania. The same company that made Mortal Kombat Acclaim made this game. So they used digitized characters, and they're super over the top with, like, the fighting and, like, Undertaker you know would tombstone was... you, and, like, a real tombstone <laughs> would come out of nowhere. <laughs> I think that was uh, PlayStation, right? It might have been on PlayStation, too. I don't recall it being on PlayStation. I mean, I'm looking at the platforms. It says PlayStation. Uh, yes, yeah, PlayStation, Sega Genesis, uh, yeah, Super yeah, Nintendo. Genesis, Genesis, yeah. Sega, uh, 32X, Sega Saturn. So, yeah. Like I said, it was a popular game. The um, graphics are pretty good. <laughs> for, yeah, I mean, for, that, for what it was. For that, I mean, well, for that era, I would say the yeah. graphics were great. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, before that era, before that time, the, those digitized characters were, like, yeah. in vogue at that point. I'm going through photos on, like, Google Images, Undertaker with yellow gloves and the yellow boots. That's so weird. <laughs> Bro, the game was weird overall. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> just overall was weird. You, when Doink, he would shake your hand with a little buzz on his hand. It was shock, <laughs> yeah. electrocution. You know, I, I did play that. I, I do remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, this was funny. This came out when WWF was terrible, by the way. In, in 95. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say they were terrible. It was terrible. But <laughs> this game was a lot of fun. Like, Yokozuna would do the bonsai drop like seven times to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like It was so ridiculous. Yeah, these but it was fun. Are really good. This was this was not a simulation style of game at all. What like Bret but, Hart throw a heart at you or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> like an saying. actual heart. <laughs> like you punch somebody. Like I think if you punched them, hearts would fly out of them. Like it was, <laughs> it was stupid. That was great. I'm trying to look at the roster they had in this game because they had like I'm seeing like like you said screen grabs. Like I see like Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Lex Luger. Lex Luger, when he was a part of the Allied Powers, like, (laughs) he got the Allied Powers gear on. Um, You just skipped through his whole Lex Express. Oh, yeah. It's not the Lex Express gear, it's the Allied Powers gear. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's Allied Powers gear. Like, it was just, it was super over the top. Like, like I said, Doink the Clown was in the game. Yeah. Uh, Looks like only had, didn't have that many characters. We might have named them all. I had Razor Ramon. (laughs) Um, So, what the hell? It was just, 
it was just it was just fun. It was it was ridiculous. You could have handicap matches. Like I don't know. It was just super over the top and just ridiculous. Yeah, I did I, I don't think I ever owned that, but I did uh rent it a lot. Um so I do remember playing that and the whole I, I kinda thought it was uh, I'll be honest, looking back I think it's hilarious, but I, I didn't like that whole ridiculous Mortal Kombat esque type of fighting. I thought it was stupid. But I ordered, I fun. got it anyway because I was a wrestling fan. Well, I mean, when you're like at ninety five, I was only six years old, so for me it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It was stupid. And I, and I wanna clarify something. Mid acclaim didn't make the game. Midway or did the claim didn't make Mortal Kombat, I should say. Midway and their people, I think, made Mortal Kombat, but they produced it. They were like a, um, a publisher. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, so they published a bunch of wrestling games. We'll get into a little bit later. But uh, what was your, you know, kind of next wrestling experience after the, the Super Nintendo game? Do you remember? Um, you know, I think I went back and forth. You know, in renting the consoles, I would rent Nintendo sixty four. And uh, then go back and rent Super Nintendo if I wanted. I think I had Genesis, Sega Genesis for a grand total of like two days before I was like, you know, I miss Super Nintendo. I want it back. So God bless my mother. She went through a lot of my crap. And, uh, you know, I get, luckily, you. luckily, you know, I guess she wasn't losing money by doing it. <laughs> so um, after Super Nintendo, I went right to... Uh, Nintendo 64 in 1996, and um, or I should say PlayStation uh, in 1996. And I'm trying to remember the first wrestling game on PlayStation that I played. And it's I'm going to actually search that up right now, but I can't. I don't want to say it's the In Your House one, mm. but because that feels like it was later than that. Wasn't that just like WrestleMania the arcade? It was like another arcade style game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Because these ones, I'm. It was like there goes the neighborhood or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something stupid. So that might have been my first. Yeah, that actually. I'm looking at the art now. That seems to be the first wrestling PlayStation game I got, and it was very similar. It had the Ultimate Warrior in it. So that was pretty cool. So this had that to be in 1996. Uh, this game looks like back. complete. This game like complete trash compared to WrestleMania. <laughs> All right, let's see. I've never played this it game. Was, All right, there we go. I have it. It was released. It looks like 96. It's got gold dust. Yes, North America, October Vader. 1996. Yes, Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels, there. Owen Hart. Yeah, Triple H. Triple H. That's the blue blood. This game was trash, though. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, yeah, this was definitely my first. I remember the back art. I'm looking at the back uh, of the, pamph the pamphlet art. And uh, that was definitely the first game. The Heartbreak Hotel thing with Shawn Michaels cracked me up. British Bulldog <laughs> with the dog bite, the bulldog yeah, right, head what? coming out. They're fighting, uh, like, they're fighting all these weird arenas and stuff like that. This game was yeah, big trash. Yeah, so I didn't... Ha I didn't own that uh, WrestleMania, the arcade game, but I did own this In Your House game, so maybe that's why I 
felt even though it's kind of like the same type of game uh i have a uh war place in, in my heart for the in your house game because uh yikes that was <laughs> i mean <laughs> it was it was a cool it, the arc's cool you know the art grabbed me faders splashing a house be crazy. That's true. And, is uh, that the same house that Matt Pompicelli won? <laughs> yes. For the first yes. in your house? Yes, it is. Well, no, I actually I don't think so. Um, they just but Vader? yeah, like Ultimate Warrior. There's this picture of Ultimate Warrior holding up Vader, and I was like, man, that's cool. Because you know, I was still a Warrior <laughs> fan back then, and I didn't realize anything in real life. So um, they had yellow ring ropes. There, that's it. Yeah, in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Damn ring ropes. And they have different like venues. That's why like it was yellow and it looked like it was in Triple H's house or something. That stuff was yeah, like so ridiculous. The butler there. I, it was an arcade game, so it's not like it's like uh, yeah, 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 holding it to like realism. But it was still <laughs> ridiculous, and it looked it just looked didn't look as good as the WrestleMania arcade game. So that's no, it why looked I, better. I never played it, so <laughs> I'm going to trash it anyway, even though I never played it. Um, for me. I went from I had Super Nintendo. I didn't buy like I didn't buy like Raw. I think was it was it Raw? There was a Monday Night Raw game on Super Nintendo. Yeah, I think game. it was. I don't know if it was Super Nintendo or Genesis or both, but there was a definitely a Raw game that came yeah. out. Too. I did. I did not get that trash in your house game. <laughs> so I didn't get play. So the next wrestling game I got was until I got PlayStation. But I didn't get PlayStation until like nineteen ninety eight. Um. I was late in the game with PlayStation. Um, so, for me, like I was like you too. I rented Nintendo 64, like I said earlier, uh, which takes me back to a Blockbuster night. <laughs> going to Blockbuster, again, young listeners, Blockbuster used to be hella fun to go to. Yep. Every week almost was go up in there. I had a Funhouse video, like within walking distance of my house and that's where Funhouse, that was our well, blockbuster in little logan township new jersey i lived within walking distance between a blockbuster and a southwest video i think it was called back then. Uh, yeah. yep so blockbuster though always had the dope games so southwest video didn't have the games blockbuster they used to have all the new games it, it was i used to go up and i used to miss so many games I, my mom used to beg my mom can i rent a game can i rent a game mom can i rent a game and she was like all right here you go and I would get one. So, but once '98 rolled around, got to put PlayStation One, and the first game I got on PlayStation One, I rented. Actually, I didn't buy this game. I rented Warzone, which was like out at the peak of the Attitude Era. It was like '98. I think this game came out. I want to say maybe '97. Sound. I think '98. It came out '98. It came out '98. Had Steve Austin on the cover, and of course, by this point, he was the hottest thing going. And I was like, yo, I got to get this game. Wrestling, I love wrestling again. Everybody else loves wrestling too. So you know what? I'm going to get the video game. And I got Warzone and the graphics because, you know, it's PS1. So I'm used to Super Nintendo. I'm like, yo, these wrestlers look mad real. Yada, yada, yada. But, like, once you start playing the game, I'm like, this game kind of whack. Like, I did not like <laughs> it Warzone. It sucked ass. Okay. <laughs> It was so you got strong word. feelings about this nigga, is what you're saying. <laughs> I, what I loved the most about that game was the videos that would play when you like you would select the wrestler or whatever, and they would they would talk like a promo style. That was my favorite part of that game because that was dope. The, the entrances were terrible. The way they had <laughs> the characters walk, you know, the steel cage matches were 
freaking stupid. Um, <laughs> Steve Austin looked like an idiot, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell, man? Like, I'm supposed to feel cool playing this video game, but I feel like a, a Nimrod. So, uh, yeah, I was not a fan of that game at all. This wasn't another an acclaim uh, production creation, you know, whatever. Yeah, it was but, like their um, first in a what two years or something like that. Something like that. Sweat but the this, details. That was like their whole thing. Right? It left a lot to be desired. Yeah. Because for me, even as a kid, I recognized like this game. It just wasn't that fun to play. Like it wasn't easy to do all of the moves. Right. It wasn't that exciting once you did play. Like the crowd noise wasn't that great. The commentary <laughs> exactly. wasn't that great. It just felt dull. You hit like and a then, stone like, cold stunner, and there would be silence. It's like right. Wait just, a second. <laughs> I'm used to watching Raw when it's like everybody's going crazy and it's loud and it's people got sized and jumping up and down, and then you play Warzone. It's just Doll, and then like you, uh, the the game modes were kind of fun. Like it was okay. You could win the championship, and you said they cut the promos on you. That was fun, but that was it, there wasn't much to it. It's just like eh, okay, eh. And it was like <laughs> all right. And this goes back to the store. I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> like yeah, you yeah, know. It, it, the coolest thing yeah. about it was probably the cover. What about you? Did, did you? Yeah, because that's Steve Austin on it. He was awesome. Yeah. Still is awesome. Sure. So. Did they um, have Bret Hart in that game? I think they did have Bret Hart in this oh game. Oh, my goodness. They had Owen Hart was in the game. I know that. And I think British Bulldog was in the game, too. What? Yeah, Bret Hart was in the game. British Bulldog for Rook. Uh, I'm looking at the, the wiki oh <laughs> from this game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we got Ahmed Johnson, Bret Hart, British Bulldog, Farouk, Goldust, Kane, Ken Shamrock, Mankind, uh, Headbanger, Mosh, Owen Hart, <laughs> <laughs> The Rock. That's like the only tag team that made the game was the Headbangers. <laughs> like, how stupid is that? Uh, they they want to put like uh, the Bodacious Bart and Bombastic Bob in the game? <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. A new Midnight Express, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Headbanger Thrash, Triple H, and The Undertaker. And they had special characters, so you got uh, Cactus Jack, you yeah, had yeah. Dude Love. There was Pamela, according to this, who was an Iguana Entertainment employee. That's dumb. Uh, you had Rattlesnake, which was a stronger version of Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin wearing jeans. <laughs> he's stronger <laughs> when he puts his jeans on. Uh, Sue, a ring girl with Bret Hart's moves. Okay. Uh, trainer, based on game tester Jello Jeff Robinson. All right. And Turok. Remember the game Turok on Nintendo 64? No. You don't? He used to fight dinosaurs, bro. Come on. Who cares? It was a great game, but he should not have been in this game. I feel like I know the name, though. Like, Turok, that kind of sounds familiar, but I never played it. It was a a popular game back in the day, but he should not have been in Warzone. Get out of here with that. (laughs) So They, They had Bret Hart in the game, who was in WCW for, what, like six months? Didn't this... Did this release in the summer? I don't know. I don't know when it came out, but it's in 1998. Either way, he wasn't in WWE by that point. It's just sometimes people, they can't take him out. If they're already in, I guess they couldn't take him out by that point. He's locked in. The game is shipped and ready to go. So it just says 1998 doesn't say it exactly. I'm sure if you click into the Wikipedia, yeah, June 1st. Well, not that's Game Boy. PlayStation July 24th, 98. Nintendo 64, August 11th, 98. And so, yeah, Bret Hart was long gone by then. <laughs> I said it's probably one of those situations where they 
had him in there and they couldn't take him out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, that stuff be happening sometimes. Uh, you got another game of, or memory uh, yeah. that you can go next? Before, yeah. Now, Warzone, I think, was my... F- no, it was actually not my first wrestling game on Nintendo 64. But before I got Nintendo 64 in 97, I went with a WCW game on the PlayStation before I made the Switch, and it was WCW versus the World. And it had Sting on the cover, uh, Crow Sting. Um, it, he hadn't fully grown his hair out yet, and he looked more lively, you know, in the pictures. Um, but yeah, I don't remember too much about this game because like, I'm looking at these photos, and the graphics aren't as good. Um, yeah, the the graphics are kind of weird. Um, definitely not as good as the THQ ones that we would uh, come to see later on, but. Uh, yeah, WCW versus the World just kind of sucked, and that was also released in '96. So, yeah, that was kind of my the one after that is when I switched to Nintendo 64, and then I went WCW versus NWO World Tour, and that was my favorite wrestling game at that time. Uh, it's THQ. It was the first THQ game I think that I played at least um, the wrestling game, and the the graphics weren't like great but the gameplay was a lot easier than my previous like wrestling games and it wasn't like the Mortal Kombat type thing with like in your house or WrestleMania the arcade game there was actually like wrestling moves and you could grapple and you could actually like powerbomb people or you know submission holes and stuff like that so WCW and WO World Tour was one of my favorite games uh, for a very long time on N64 I never, ha- I didn't have it in '64, so I did have a PlayStation. I did play a little bit of WCW versus the World. I vaguely remember it; don't remember it that well. But all the WCW games are kind of on N64 for a little bit, so I never got to play those games really when I was younger. So that, so you won't hear that from me as far as like, uh, like you said, World Tour, Revenge. Yeah, I, I didn't own those games. I didn't own the Nintendo '64. But I will recognize that those games are super dope, and I played them as an adult, and they are super dope. And that also the same goes for No Mercy, which is widely regarded as the greatest wrestling game of all time. I've played it; it's definitely one or two on my list. So, uh, you know, yeah. So I, I'll let you talk about those games if you played them. The, the WCW ones in particular. I don't have the wealth of experience as uh, a lot of other people do. Because I just didn't own a Nintendo 64, and I played them sparingly throughout the years. But like again, I can definitely vouch for No Mercy. I can't vouch for the WCW games as much, at least the Nintendo 64 ones. Even though I recognize they are dope, and the the, uh, the roster was great, and the, and the gameplay was great because I know the gameplay is the same gameplay when they had WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy. Yeah. yeah. So I know the controls were great. So I can vouch for it from that standpoint, but. If you can vouch for them in depth, have at it. I think WCW NWO Revenge was the best WCW video game uh, that they had. Now, as big a fan of I was as WCW versus NWO World Tour, I my favorite game up until No Mercy was WCW NWO Revenge, and they had that's when Goldberg was hot and uh, being Goldberg in the game, you know, with the spear and the jackhammer, like those were two of my favorite moves, and it would just like annihilate everyone. And then you would randomly have people like busted open, um, just out of a random punch, and 
and you would hear that <laughs> that sound and then they would like touch their head and then you would start seeing red and i'm like what like how did how did that bust you open it was so weird <laughs> um so that kind of like the timing of how guys would get busted open on that game was weird but uh goldberg was my favorite player in that game just because of the spear and the jackhammer i would just continually spear guys and run around and just spear them and then uh, get them in the jackhammer uh so, so easy to win with him pretty much they had reese like the big ass reese from the flock uh he was in there <laughs> so i would always like love jackhammer and him in the video game because he was like the biggest one in the game and uh so that was a lot of fun up until you know, No Mercy came out. Really, WrestleMania 2000 was the one that I owned. I never owned No Mercy until I kind of like stopped playing uh, here and there. Uh, I was given the game as a gift, and I did play a little bit, um, but I was kind of towards the tail end of my playing video games as often as I did. Um, but that was No Mercy was definitely like probably my favorite at the top, and WCW NW Revenge is right below it. Yeah, like I said, I recognize the place those games have in history. Those games, there's called the Aki Games, uh, the Japanese company that made those games and put, you know, implemented that gameplay system. Uh, those games are definitely dope. And yeah, I just again, I was a PlayStation kid, and so I didn't have the chance to really, you know, like you said, I didn't have two systems at once. My mom wasn't buying me Nintendo 64 at the same time as a PlayStation. I don't know if I could have had the time to play both. I was playing. Enough video games as it was. <laughs> Time yeah, to yeah. switch over to Nintendo sixty four too. Um, so yeah, so I like again. I just don't have the um, the experience with those games as I do with PlayStation games, which brings me to my next PlayStation game on my wrestling video game journey, so to speak, was the sequel to Warzone or the next installment of that kind of series, uh, the last of the acclaimed games you know, for WWE was WWF Attitude. And it was a slightly less boring version of Warzone. That's how I describe it. The roster was bigger. Uh, You had, like, the Brood was in the game. The entrances, you know, you had X-Pac was in the game. This is, like, 99. This is when WWF was firmly on top of the wrestling business by this point. So, you know, I think Jeff Jarrett was in the game. It was, you know, they they had a much better roster. Uh, their entrances were better. Uh, instead of like the guy standing at the yeah. stage and posing, you actually see a full entrance. <laughs> One thing of note about the entrances, though, this is a detail that I've never. I I, I don't know why I always remembered this, but I'll never forget it. You know how obviously WWF shows had that ramp that would go down to the yeah. ring. Yeah. For whatever reason, the attitude they just like we don't want a ramp. <laughs> They had like steps. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? Like, why did they have steps going down to the floor? And then you walk. It didn't didn't make any sense. But I did think it was cool that you could see the full entrance. They had pyro. So, like, Kane would get his fire. And uh, X Pac would get the, you know, he would jump up and do the, the pyro X, thing yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty cool. But the gameplay was just, eh. Again, just not that fun. Again, it wasn't that exciting. It was kind of dull. But the weirdest thing about that game to me was if you turn the blood on, people would bleed from random body parts. Like it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like No Mercy or like Revenge where they would always bleed from their heads, which makes sense because that's what happens in real life. Guys would be bleeding from their backs, through their shirts. Like if you beat up Gangrel, 
he'd be bleeding through his white shirt. And it's like, what? <laughs> he's <just> bleeding. <laughs> I hit him with a drop kick and he's bleeding from his chest. Like, I didn't kick him that hard. Like, it's like, make his, him bleed. His nipple ring came out. I guess, man. They'd be bleeding. They'd be bleeding everywhere. It's like, these, these people are okay. Like, they're losing a ton of blood all over their body. So, attitude, again, a slightly less boring version than... Man, they could have gotten rid of all that blood and then put the ramp in. For real. It just didn't make any sense. <laughs> it made no sense. And the, the career mode, from what I remember, just wasn't that great. Like, I just... Again, both of those games, I can see why WWF stopped making games with Acclaim, stopped letting Acclaim make their games, because they didn't make exciting games. Just didn't. Uh, their graphics were pretty bad. I'm looking at a still right now of uh, Val Venus, and he looks absolutely terrible. So I don't think I ever had, I don't think I ever played or had this game, because by that point, when this came out, I think I already went back to PlayStation. So um, I rented this game. There's another it, game I had it, rented. If it was on PlayStation, I'd never played it, but. Yeah, I was out. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that good. Like it's, the arena just didn't look great. It was just. It was just odd. It was just really odd. I just. I don't know. It's just. Just a weird time. But um, what's what's your next uh chapter of your story here, Nick? I think I I'll stay with sixty four because I uh, I I went back and forth multiple times. I remember. You know, having PlayStation two or three separate occasions and and sixty four two or three separate occasions, um, but like I said, like after Revenge, there wasn't really anything I liked. WrestleMania two thousand was okay, um, but they didn't have anything kind of like Goldberg in, in terms of you know I could easily win with him and like, I just enjoyed the gameplay um, pl- playing as Goldberg in, in WCW and Revenge. Uh, I really didn't, you know. Yes, No Mercy came. Uh, that was at a time where I didn't play as much. And then I think, I, I believe I completely got rid of N64. And then my next console was an Xbox not too long after. It was like the very first yeah. Xbox. And I have to, to, I'll be completely honest right now. I don't remember the first wrestling video game I played on Xbox. I'm probably going to have to look that up right now. Because um, I don't even know what they had, if they had any on Xbox. They I, did. They had, I, went, uh, I went to into like a sports phase where I would play like the baseball game, football game, hockey, and not basketball, though. I was just like those three sport games I would play uh, and just kind of like rotate them. They had uh, Raw. Remember Raw on Xbox? No, I don't at all. I'm gonna look that up, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> that was a real game. They had Raw. I remember, I'd never forget. I don't know why I remember this forever. Don't ask me huh? why. I remember when I was in like middle school when this game first came out, and I was, you know, game magazines was all the thing. I used yeah, to love game, yeah, game magazines. I, I had a lot of them too. So I think my friend had a game magazine, and this is when they were first talking about Raw on the Xbox. And this is when the Xbox was just coming out, so like the graphics, everybody was like freaking out about the graphics. Like, oh my God, this is crazy. I remember seeing the graphics for the first Raw on xbox and i was like holy hell this is the future like <laughs> i have this it can't possibly look more real than this like 13 year old me lost my mind i couldn't believe it like that game looked incredible to me at that point couldn't believe it so yeah I'm i remember at raw still and, and it, triple h right now and it looks terrible from it, it looks terrible now <laughs> <laughs> but 
when I was 13, it was like, yo, did you see that? <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, it was just, it looked incredible to me. Like, I'm looking at a still right now of like Kane. In 2001, that looked as real as it got. <laughs> like, it didn't look, it couldn't, couldn't look possibly look any more real to me. <laughs> like, it couldn't. That was yeah, it. I, I don't remember this. I guess I was all out of, uh, Video games at that point because there's a Raw too, right? I'm, I was going to say there's here. a sequel, and uh, yeah, I, I do not remember having any of this like at all. <laughs> yeah, it was it was dope. It was crazy. At least it looked good. I don't know. I can't vouch for the game. I did not own the game. I did not own an Xbox. But... I was not into the Raw versus SmackDown. Like I liked that series because. That's after like the brand split, and they did like a video game Raw versus SmackDown, which was kind of cool. Um, even though I wasn't playing at that point, um, and I I did get an Xbox 360 down the road, but I only played like a baseball game and a hockey game at that point, and very little. So I wound up giving it back. So really, I go WCW NWO Revenge and. No Mercy, WWF No Mercy were really the last two wrestling games that oh, I wow. played with with that desire to, you know, like I had fun playing, you know, like that. I want to play this game. And after I hit a certain point, I just I went into like the GTA and the uh, regular like NFL 2K uh, series and you know, that type of stuff. Well, I got all of this stuff. Like, I can't remember playing all these games. Because next on my list is the game that you mentioned SmackDown versus Raw. That's, you know, when THQ took over the WWF video game license. But the first game in that series was SmackDown. And it was just SmackDown on the PS1. Mm-hmm. And damn, this game was so much more fun in Attitude in Warzone. The gameplay was lit. It was so much more faster pace. It was exciting. There's crowd noise. The entrances were kind of were kind of unique in that there wasn't like a full arena entrance, which you know would, would have been nice. But like it was instead like the the guy would walk on fucking like a his like his video like his Titan Tron video or whatever, and it was just that's all it was. It's just you see the person, you see the video in the background, and that person walking, just you know we're assuming they're walking to the ring. But it was kind of cool though. And then like I said, the gameplay was a lot of fun. Uh, one thing I noticed, I remember about SmackDown, the original one. I'm not sure if they had this in the second one or not. There was an option to where if you did a move, the name of the move would pop up on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> so for when I was 10, I knew what a Northern Light suplex was because <laughs> nice. I used Matt Hardy sometimes. And his finish in that game was a Northern Light suplex for some reason. <laughs> so I would do it. And I was like, oh, Northern Light suplex. Not realize, not realizing it was a perfect flex. Should have never called it Northern Lights. <laughs> oh. Perfect flex, but they didn't call it that. Mm. Uh, I realized there was a difference apparently between a stunner and a Stone Cold stunner. Because <laughs> <laughs> in that game, for whatever reason, Stone Cold could just do a stunner, and that was one of his basic moves. But it wasn't a finishing move, <laughs> and you would just hit the ground; it'd be nothing. But when he hit the Stone Cold stunner, when it, and you that was, your, that was his finishing move. He would do it, and the person would flop around the ring like the Rock back in the day, <laughs> and he would get up and curse you out and stuff like that. Like, oh, that's that that changes everything. That's that's why it's Stone Cold Stunner. Okay, the Stunner. Who cares about that? Stone Cold Stunner. That's that's really that really messes your neck up. <laughs> so, yeah, that that game was so much fun. The only thing the season mode was kind of weird because you had like one match a month, 
It was really weird. Um, but it was still a lot of fun. I played that game for a long time, which leads me into SmackDown 2. No, no, no. Let me just tell you right now. I played pretty much all the entire SmackDown series. Before it became SmackDown versus Raw, I played the entire series. So <laughs> I owned the first two Smack, the first three SmackDowns. The second one was also just as fun as the first one. The season mode was better. Uh, there was more to do in the season mode. There was more matches. We had like four matches a month and a pay-per-view instead of just one match a month. Uh, you can, the creator suite was better. There was way more wrestlers this time around. You can, you can wrestle with Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, which is like, I don't know if they were in any other game. <laughs> I can't think about that. <laughs> now, they weren't young Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe. They were stooge Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe. So that'd be dope if one of these games we can get them in their younger days, like in the 70s. But you could still wrestle as Pat Patterson. I'm not sure how many other games out there that have existed where you can actually use Pat Patterson or Jeff Briscoe. That's kind of dope. But, uh, you know, you can challenge for a bunch of titles. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun in that game. The one thing, the one thing, not knock against it, was that uh, the loading screens were excessive. <laughs> like they were and again this is ps1 so you, you we all dealt with loading screens back then but it's like everything you did came with a loading screen in smackdown too it was kind of annoying they tried to like make it nicer we're putting like these cool like kind of posters for each wrestler uh-huh. like photos as loading screens but man it was like everything you did was a damn loading screen so that was kind of annoying uh they had a bunch of match types so, like, they had a hell in a cell, even though it wasn't, the cell wasn't on the floor. It was like a cage match with a, you know, a roof on it. That's stupid. But it was still, I mean, hey, 10-year-old me was like, yo, <laughs> this is the closest thing I've ever had to a hell in a cell, so this is dope. <laughs> uh, I think they had a ladder match or a TLC match of some sort. I don't know if it was that. It, it wasn't like the ones in real life, obviously. You wasn't throwing people through tables and flying off ladders and stuff like that. It wasn't quite mm-hmm. like that. But it was just like, hey, they have, they got these matches. They had, like, Special guest referee matches. It was it was uh, that casket matches, which was kind of weird because you hit the guy with the casket. It was weird. I think <laughs> like they had tables matches too. Pick it up and throw it at the guy. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was weird, but it was still a lot of fun. And again, the roster was super deep. And this is this is like two thousand, so WWF roster was stacked, obviously. So and you know in this game you had Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero. Chris Jericho, I think, was also in the first SmackDown. Uh, you had Benoit. You had Dean Malenko. The two cools in the game were Kishi. Like, it was so many guys besides the top stars, like Steve Austin, The Rock, Undertaker, those guys. You had other guys. So you had S.A. Rios is in that game. Like, oh, wow. it was wow. it was this crazy, dope roster with a bunch of wrestlers and a, a bunch of unlockables. It was a lot of fun. So, I love SmackDown 2. Came out around the same time as No Mercy. I'll admit, No Mercy is a better game, but I had a lot of fun with SmackDown 2. I did not have any fun, though, with the next game on this list. SmackDown 3, Just Bring It. That game was trash. <laughs> it's the first game on the PS2, which I guess meant they had to strip away oh, some wow. things just to get it on the PS2, like for us match types, and game modes. But the problem, here's the thing about this game that made me upset. When you first turn on this game, the intro to this game was incredible. I, I think the graphics to this day hold up in this intro. Like the hair effects, I honestly are better than the hair effects they have in actual 
2K WWE games today. With the hair effects in these games are trash, but in those past in that intro, it was incredible. And I'm like, yo, when I saw that intro, I was like, yo, I cannot wait to play this game. The PS2 is incredible with these graphics. Then you play the actual game. Like, oh, that's a massive step down. I feel like I've been sold a bill of goods. And then you play the game, it's just like, oh, this is just kind of dull. And then you play the, they do the modes, like, oh, there's like one mode in this game. And it's over in 10 minutes. It's like, what? This game sucks. The only good thing I remember about this game was that it had, for the first time that I can remember, in a SmackDown game, the actual pay-per-view set for any pay-per-view. Now, I know this might seem like a little thing, but I, like you, you got ring ropes, right? Yeah, I yeah. like the pay-per-view sets. I like to see the stage. And they had, in this game, they had the WrestleMania 17 stage. Oh, wow. And I was like, yo, that's awesome. <laughs> but it was like, it doesn't mean nothing because this game <laughs> mode sucks and everything else sucks. And they didn't have any other pay-per-view stage. So I was like, well, at least they got that one. But it was like, ah, oh, that's not that great. But yeah, that game, not fun. It is a sad first installment on the PS2. I got the PS2 in 2002, I think. And that was one of the first games I got, and it was uh, trash. Never but, played it, but good thing I didn't. No, don't, yeah, don't. It's, it's nothing. <laughs> it's really nothing. But I will say this. They made up for it with the next two games in big way. SmackDown, the fourth one, SmackDown Shut Your Mouth, <laughs> blew SmackDown 3 out of the water. Like, it was, like, miles better. The graphics were better. The gameplay was better, more exciting, faster. It had Brock Lesnar in this game. I think this is Brock Lesnar's debut in the, in the, in the wrestling game. Uh, the, the season mode was so much better. They had the pay-per-view stages for every pay-per-view. I was like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> I liked playing at Backlash, at the swinging hooks and stuff like that. That was dope. Uh, the roster was crazy. Where, like You had like multiple Hulk Hogan's. You could do like red and yellow Hulk Hogan. You could do NWO Hulk Hogan. I mean, it was crazy. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, the roster was great. It was just, it was just so much better. There's so much more to do in that game than it was in uh, SmackDown Three. The story mode was a lot of fun. There's actual stories they would have. Like, um, they had a uh, like a, a pre-match. Like hype videos for pay per view matches and and your story mode. This is this is awesome for twelve year old, thirteen year old me. It was like a dream. It was great. It was awesome. That does sound cool. It was really cool. Like like SmackDown, shut your mouth. The next game I'm going to talk about was is arguably one of the best wrestling games ever. But I think SmackDown, shut your mouth is a worthy revisit for some people who haven't played it in years. Is it holds up? It definitely holds up. But I will say the next game top this one even by miles again because to me again uh if no mercy is in the top two of best wrestling video games of all time it's only in that space with smackdown no uh what's the what's that one called here comes the pain that's what i'm sorry yeah smackdown here comes the pain with brock lesnar on the cover man this game was incredible all right graphics off the charts. With PS2, the graphics were crazy. The graphics were unbelievable. Oh, another thing about Shut Your Mouth. Little small thing. I forgot to say. Little thing again. When they had, like, 
when a person, let's say I use a rock, right, in, in, a, in a season mode or whatever, and I win a belt with the rock, he had a special entrance for when he had a belt. He had a separate championship entrance, so he would carry the belt just like he did in real life. <laughs> he would carry it. He wouldn't put it on his shoulder or nothing like that. He would actually carry it. And he would, and it was like a different entrance. He would throw it up, and you could see the belt moving just as it would in real nice. life. I thought that was really dope. SmackDown, here comes the pain, did not do this. They just have every wrestler wear the belt around their waist. I thought that was a missed opportunity. Well, that's just me. Everything else in this game, though, is damn near perfect. Gameplay, unbelievable. The they had this is the first time I think they had uh, damage. You can do damage to body parts. That was lit, bro. And you can hurt someone's legs. And Tell a story, the baby. <laughs> right, you, you did the walls of Jericho. If you're a submission wrestler, you want to work on somebody's body part and certain moves that to certain levels of damage. The wrestlers had attributes, so some people were fat; they had speed. Some people had better, more strength, or whatever. They had weight classes, which played into the strategy. So, like, I think the weight classes were super heavyweight, heavyweight, light heavyweight, and cruiserweight. I think, I think those are the only weight classes. I think all the women were in the same weight class. Just one weight class, I should say. But, so like Rey Mysterio, he was a cruiserweight. And if he was a cruiserweight, that meant he could not pick up Big Show. Or any heavyweight, for that matter. He might have been able to pick up a light heavyweight. And the light heavyweights were like Shawn Michaels, I think maybe Chris Jericho. The heavyweights were like Steve Austin, Rock Triple H. And the super heavyweights were like Brock Lesnar, Big Show, Undertaker, Kane. Like guys in that stratosphere. So if you were a light heavyweight or a cruiserweight, you could not pick up a super heavyweight. You had if you wanted to pick up everybody, you had to be like a heavyweight. But the thing was, if you were a cruiserweight though, even though you couldn't pick people up, you were faster. You can get to the top rope faster than any wrestler. You had you were quicker. Yeah. So it was like a cat. It was like a chess game. You know, if you, went, <laughs> you had Rey Mysterio, you could still probably beat Big Show. You're going to take some punishment, but you had to use your speed to your advantage. And I thought that was a really cool strategy aspect to the game that wasn't in prior. Yeah, it seems game. like they kind of, were mimicking real life as much as they could at that point. Exactly. It was just it was just it was just smart. And they had blood in the game. This was his first smack and they had blood. And I remember the first time I did it, I made somebody bleed in the game. And I hit somebody with something and you know all of a sudden the screen flashed red. I was like, What in the hell? Did I break it? And all of a sudden, they cut to them on the ground, like grabbing their head, and they're bleeding. I was like, oh, snap, I made them bleed. I didn't even know you could do it. I was like, oh, I made them bleed. And it wasn't like attitude where they were bleeding from their back. <laughs> Only from the head. It made perfect sense. Uh, so, yeah, that was dope. You can do your opponent's finishing move. That was dope. Um, there was uh, custom attires for each person. Uh, the story mode was hella fun. Um, I wish they still did the what they call the superstar points to like kind of how you move up the rankings. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, it seemed like at least in the later games that I played from WWE, it kind of seemed like arbitrary. I win like twelve matches in a row and move up one spot, and I'm like, how? What, what's 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 the criteria here? But in the SmackDown, here comes the pain. They do superstar points, so where if you first start out, let's say you're a creative wrestler, you create a guy and you put him in the season mode. I think you start out with forty superstar points, right? In order to, if, once you get to 60, like, if you win a match, you get, like, two or three superstar points. So you win a bunch of matches, you get to work your way up. Once you get to 60, 
you could challenge for either the hardcore championship or if you were a cruiserweight, you could challenge for the cruiserweight championship. And then you keep fighting or whatever. And then once you get to 70, you can challenge for the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship. And then you can work away some more. And once you get to 85, that's when you can challenge for the WWE and the World Heavyweight Championship. I thought that was dope. You can see where everybody was. And it's like you had to work your way to get into the stratosphere. You had to really work to get to that, that top title. I thought it was pretty cool. And then for the tag titles, I think it was a combined number of superstar points between you and your partner. I think it was like 140 or something like that. I can't remember the exact number. But I thought that was dope. And there's unlockables. It was different stories. I mean, they had Braun panties matches in the, in the, in the game. <laughs> You're not going to do that anymore. Uh, but that was a thing back in 2003 or four, whenever that was. So, uh, See, I would have hated that. I, I would have just wanted to win a title like right away. <laughs> I would not, I would I like not have the patience for that. I would not. I like the, the journey. I like working my way up. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather work for it. And it means more when you get to that point, you really worked up, you fight different people along the way. And, right. you know, yeah, I was just like, nope. Give me an IC title match right now. <laughs> and then I'll work <laughs> up from there. <laughs> you'd have 70 superstar points, baby. And I think you can increase your attributes too during the season mode. You can like up them. You can add to your, you know, attributes with strength. I think you had strength, speed, technique, which meant like how fast can you reverse things and whatnot. Was the Vin- Vince push one of those attributes? Uh, not in the video game, no, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a story where you get to fight Vincent Man or something like that in the game or something like that. So, again, I thought that game was incredible. Uh, gameplay was fun. It was fast paced. It was exciting. Um, yeah, the entrances were cool. It was just, I don't know, it's just, I played that game a lot, bro. I played that game a whole <laughs> lot. You, like you said, you used Goldberg and the, yeah, uh, yeah. In the game, I used Goldberg, and here comes the pain, because that was the first SmackDown he was in. I was just rolling through people mm-hmm. with Goldberg. Um, and again, they had the attributes, so the people had ratings. So, like, Brock was, like, a 95. Like, you had to beat, it was hard to beat Brock Lesnar. Like, like it was it was, it was was fun, though, to see guys kind of, like, you know, season mode guys' ratings could change, because they would get better. You know, certain, you know it was, it was yeah. dope. It was, yeah. it was a lot of fun, man. And, uh... I, I didn't buy another SmackDown game after that for a while, but I rented a couple games, like SmackDown versus Raw, and those games were cool, uh, and they were kind of fun. Uh, but nothing, another thing. Here comes the pain. Had was Legends too. I thought that's one of the first games that had like Roddy Piper. Or I think they had Jimmy Snooker, the Road Warriors, Nikolai Volkov. Um, so that I think it was supposed to have Ultimate Warrior in that game too, but he got taken out for some reason. Hmm. Uh, but yeah. I can't say enough about that game, but you know it's it's a while for me. And by the time I got with another game, so I'll let you take you know get you another chapter out there. But I you know that was for me. That was I spent a lot of time playing SmackDown. Here comes the pain. Now I did get a PS2 at some point, and I, I just honestly don't remember if I had uh, Here Comes the Pain or not. Um, I think, like I mentioned earlier. I don't. I wasn't like a huge fan of the story mode because I felt like it was. I, I waited too long. At least when I was playing like the sports games and hockey, football, and uh, baseball, I was at least doing a season. And for some, I don't know. Maybe it was a mental thing on my part, um, and I could deal with that. You know, I could deal with being playing seasons and uh, sports games, but I couldn't do it in a wrestling game. 
there was just something about that. So uh, I don't, you know, I did have a PS2. I just don't remember playing a wrestling game on there. And PS2 was really the last one I had that I played religiously because I, I think I had GTA on that as well. And uh, maybe, I mean, I can't really say if I played a, a game that wasn't sports related other than GTA. But after that, I kind of stopped and didn't play until I got that that new Xbox 360, um, which was actually just a few years ago. But um, I didn't even play a wrestling game on that. I just played like a sports game. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of it for my wrestling uh, game <laughs> fan, I guess, because I was just not having the story <laughs> the story going i was like nope i want a belt right now damn it <laughs> impatient yeah you can't win this uh, you even play mad you can't win the super bowl week one <laughs> yeah but if you i had to play the it games. was it was weird because maybe i i tr- if i think back I, I probably did try it out but i lost at some point early and i would just lose like that momentum and i would get so angry i was a very very temperamental when it came to video games i would get angry i wouldn't throw anything but i would squeeze the controller <laughs> and uh that was that was the most i did i would get very uh my temper was very i would lose it when i would lose in the video game i was one of those guys not i wasn't destructive though thankfully but um for my own health mental well-being i would quit before uh it got that got too far <laughs> Controllers ain't cheap, man. Oh, squeezing <laughs> them and breaking them. Not, luckily, I didn't break anything uh, through the years, but I would just get angry because, like, I just wasted the last twenty minutes. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, again, I played. Like I said, I rented SmackDown versus Raw. Like the first three, I think, oh six, oh seven. I actually had SmackDown versus Raw oh eight. Actually, owned that game. Uh, that was the one that had ECW in the game. Uh, <laughs> this one, they had the third brand. Oh, uh, and oh, they had a bunch of ECW wrestlers in the game. They had Sandman, they had Tommy Dreamer. Um, they had, I think Sabu was in the game. Like, or, no, they couldn't even put was, ECW in the title, huh? They did. And they I did think that? Sabu's definitely in a, a SmackDown vs. Raw, I'm pretty sure. But he was, I don't know if he was in that one specifically. But yes, it was SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 featuring ECW. Featuring ECW. Featuring ECW. So, um, but yeah, that one game was okay. It, there wasn't much to that game neither uh, that I can remember. I think you could only wrestle for two titles. It was like the, it was like the WWE or whatever, like the top heavyweight championship and the, the Intercontinental slash US title, and that was it. Like you couldn't do tag titles, you couldn't do anything That's else. Lame. Come on, right? And the same thing. It was kind of lame. The graphics were pretty good for that time. The roster was okay. I don't. Actually, I don't remember if there was a deep roster in that game or not. There was some. There was some guys. There was some ECW guys, obviously, but it just it, it just wasn't that fun. It, I don't. I don't love that game that much. Uh, but then I got a 360, and I did get uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2009. I got 09, 10, and 11, and those games kind of run together for me a lot. But other than the fact that I think 10 is either 10 or 11 was the first game to have the universe mode. Which, when I first got my hands on that, that was a lot of fun. I did like that. Change the matches. You can wrestle all the matches. It's like your own sandbox in the kingdom of WWE. 
And obviously over the years, they've expanded it and you can do more and more with it. But at that point, you know, it was it wasn't what it is today, but it was still a lot, a lot of fun. So I had good times with that. Um, and then the last two games that I had in my journey, so to speak, was WWE 13. This is when they went from SmackDown vs. Raw to WWE. It's like it went to WWE 12, then WWE 13, which I think was a smart decision. Uh, this one, this one that CM Punk on the cover, and they had the Attitude Era mode, when you can play through different moments of the Attitude Era, which was really cool. And had a bunch of wrestlers like Steve Austin, they had Big Boss Man. Uh, I don't know if they had Ahmed Johnson in that game. But they had a bunch of Attitude Era guys. They might have had Val Venus, something like that. There was Cactus Jack, all the Mick Foley characters. Uh, you know, so that that was pretty cool. Uh, to relive some of those moments through the video game. I love they had to create an arena, which I think they had WWE 12, but I didn't have WWE 12. I'm not on that game. I did have WWE 13. I thought the entrances were cool. I thought the create an arena thing was cool. I used to love creating my own arenas yeah. in my universe mode. I used to create a, a WrestleMania. Uh, stage every year at WrestleMania Arena. For my when I got to WrestleMania, I had a brand new stage and and a brand new arena ready for it. I was and like, new color ring ropes, huh? And new color ring ropes. I, I would change the colors depending on my <laughs> depending on what my theme was, what my, what my motif was. If I had like a bluer kind of motif or theme, that's what I would use blue ring ropes. I was going with more of a darker black or red. It depend. It depended on what it was. I would have WrestleMania and SummerSlam always outdoors and everything else was indoors. It was it was cool. And, it, and plus they had the elements because it was the Attitude Era stuff in the game. You could blend the Attitude Era arenas with the newer stuff. So it had like Survivor Series. I had like the Skull from the Deadly Games uh, arena back in 98. Blended that with the new arena. It was cool. It was dope. I, I, used, I used to have a lot of fun with that game. And then, uh, two, then the first game and when 2k took over the first one in that series was 2k14 and this is the one with the rock on the cover but on the back because daniel bryan was so hot you can flip it over and there was a daniel bryan alternate cover mm. so that was cool and that game was okay they had i think they had the wrestlemania like 30 years of wrestlemania mode because this is like when they were leading uh, into like, wrestlemania 30 that. so that was okay um, they had like I, think, I want to say who was in that game. Sting was in that was the he was in the next, the next year. I forget who was in that game as far as legends, but I think Macho Man was in that game. Um, I want to say he was. I think Diesel. I think Razor Ramon was in that game. Uh, so it was it was it was a fun game. Uh, it wasn't as good. I don't think as thirteen. I think fourteen was lacking in some areas for some reason. I don't just don't remember quite off the top of my head. But that was it for me as far as uh. Wrestling video games and video games in general. Like, I just haven't gotten into them since that would have been 2013, 2014. And I just kind of fell out. Yeah. Like, I, I I had a 360, but did not get uh, a WWE 2K15. I think that's what, about the time Xbox One was coming out. I did not get an Xbox One. I haven't had a system since. I just kind of fell back. So, yeah. I know I've still kept, like... I still don't know what's happening with the 2K games. Uh, I know that there won't be a game this year because the last year's game was super buggy. It was rushed, and it was just... There's all sorts of production problems with it, I should say. Uh, so they're going to take a year, kind of strip it down, I think, kind of rebuild it from scratch, which is, is smart. I think it's smart to do, uh, you know, 
when you, especially when you got a lot of issues, stuff like that, there's, there's nothing wrong with taking a year off. Some, I know some people out there wish Madden do the same thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> just kind of takes a little bit of time to really rebuild and build a really quality game. So they're just kind of cycling out a new game every year because you have to. 2K, I think, is making a smart decision to be like, yo, let's pump the brakes a little bit. We kind of lost our way. We'll put out this other arcadey type of game to kind of satisfy your appetite. But we'll come back next year better than ever. And that's what we're going to see. But I've kept tabs on other games in recent years. It looks fun. Uh, they've made some improvements here and there. Uh, I still don't understand why they can't get hair right in these games. <laughs> the hair always looks weird. And, you know, no matter what, even in trailers or whatever, the hair always looks weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with wrestling games. I played a lot of wrestling games over the years, as you can see. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I played a lot of games, period. Sports games, adventure games, wrestling games. But, obviously, because I'm a big wrestling fan, I played a lot of wrestling games and created a lot of memories for myself playing these games. So, it was a lot of fun. I like going down this uh, journey, so to speak, in these games. Yeah, it does bring back a lot of memories of you know me playing not only downstairs but when I got my own TV upstairs and I got uh you know my own console and I was able to play video games upstairs in my room which was like a cool thing that I never got to do until I was like 13 and then uh just kind of grown out of that in, in a way uh when I hit you know 20 21 I was kind of like done playing that uh i would just play like the gtas and the sports games um because those wrestling games kind of introduced those story modes and i can only play exhibition uh, do ex exhibition matches so often like a cage match or something like that but um i just kind of fell out of love with the wrestling game as as i don't know i don't know how to say it just like uh a generic game like i didn't want to play wrestling games anymore it was like after No Mercy, that was kind of it. And I think I might have played one or two after that, and it just wasn't as good. So maybe in in my view, like I already hit the climax of the wrestling games, so why would I play others? I don't know. Maybe that was subconsciously what I was thinking at the time. But I also didn't have the patience. You know, I <laughs> you know I wasn't gonna you know do a story for a year, uh, and maybe not a year, but. I, even a few months, I wasn't going to like play a story to become champion. I was like, nope, right here and now, or else I'm not doing it. So that was kind of like my ending for playing wrestling games. All right, well, there you have it. Those are our wrestling video game journeys from Super Nintendo to PlayStation to P PlayStation 2, Xbox, Xbox 360. And maybe the future. I mean, we'll see. You know, it's funny. Uh, we never even mentioned Sega Saturn. I never played Sega Saturn. I never that had Sega was Saturn. A thing either. <laughs> never had a Sega Saturn. Uh, you know, um, if you're a listener out there, if you had a Sega Saturn, hit us up and tell us what it was like. <laughs> I never had one. Again, I said, like I said, I had Super Nintendo. Was it even supposed to be better than Genesis? I have no idea. Uh, it was like a sequel to Genesis, and people had it was popular for a little bit was uh it had its moment but yeah it didn't really like have the staying power that um right, right. you know ps2 and stuff like that had and P on playstation i should say that came out around the same time but um 
So yeah, they had the staying power, but it was it had its moments. It definitely had a, had a had a run there for a little bit. But um, yeah, like I said, I had a Super Nintendo, I had a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation, PlayStation Two, three sixties. That's all the systems I've had. I kind of completely skipped the last generation of consoles. Uh, yeah, just for, for you know. I'm just, I don't know, getting out the house more, I guess. I don't know. Like, I just stopped playing, you know. Well, we're also, kinda... we know we're working and stuff like that, too. So. Exactly. That, too. You know, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm a dad, so I'm taking care yeah, of Gabby yeah. and stuff like that. And But now, she, like I said, she's back into him. Uh, and that's cool. It's been a, it's been a long time. I say she's back into him. She's getting into him. Uh, and it's been a long time since I really heavily got into video games. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, she she tells me she's like, oh yeah, I think you know I, I thought about getting you a system. Then I'm afraid I've never seen you again. I'm like, that's <laughs> not true. Like maybe, but because <laughs> I I can't rule it out completely. Because I like when I had a system, like when I played and I had an Xbox 360. But when I was younger, that's different because I I didn't have a right. life. And I was 12, right. 13 years exactly. Old. Yeah. But I will admit, when I was 25, 26, I had an Xbox 360. Even into 25, into my mid 20s. Because I first got it when I was in college, I was like 19, but I first, I kept it for a while. But I was playing Left 4 Dead 2 to the wee hours in the morning, online, for hours. Like, I'd, I'd play it for a while. So I, I will admit, if I get into a game, I, at least back then, I would play it for a while. Also, I did not have a girlfriend back then. <laughs> I was <laughs> completely single, so I had time to kill uh, while Gabby was asleep. So, yeah, different time. So, I don't know. But we're, we're going to make it happen at some point, so... Uh, but that was, yeah, again, our video game discussion. Now let's make another transition to part two of our Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat kind of retrospective or rewatch of these yeah. matches they had, these classic matches they had back a in the re- day. A rewatch party, if you will. What's that? A rewatch party, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I need to get my stuff straightened out here. I wish I had my mouse on me. So while I get my mouse, uh, tell the people, Nick, what would you know, kind of get some background about this match while I go upstairs and get my mouse on my computer. Okay, we are going to be watching the second match in the trilogy of the Ric Flair Ricky Steamboat series of matches from 1989. Two weeks ago, uh, we had. Watched the first one from the Chi Town Rumble and kind of gave a live commentation on that. Um, if you want to go back, it's episode 238. We, no, 237. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, 237. <laughs> we did an NXT watch party uh, in 238. So, um, yeah, episode 237, we did a live commentation of the first match in this series. And it was Vaughn's idea. It's a good idea go back and we're doing a live uh, a lot of live commentation commentate series during the course of commentaries i'm back by I, the way. I, I, my mouse. there you go <laughs> sounded like an idiot thank <laughs> god for you um we had uh during the quarantine we're just kind of like doing the just trying to figure out what to do i mean there there's wrestling programming on but it's it's not very fun right now it's not a fun watch uh you know i mean the AEW is okay. WWE's uh, here and there, um, but we're just kind of like going back and just trying to have some fun uh, during this time of uncertainty. So uh, we did that uh, two weeks ago, 
And today we are going to live commentate the f- second match in that series, Clash of the Champions 6. Uh, so that is on uh, the WWE Network, Clash of the Champions 6. It was April 2nd, 1989. The mark that I am at, because I actually searched Ricky Steamboat Ric Flair on, on the app, on the desktop app actually, where I'm going to watch it. It is at one hour, three minutes, and 54 seconds. Uh, that's where I, I stopped it. So uh, when you click on it, it might it might show up like two or three seconds earlier than that because I did not pause it at first. I but got I, it at that point, though. I got it at one hour, three minutes, 54 seconds. So okay, right cool. With you. Okay, so we are starting there. And, uh, you know, Vaughn did his little uh, checkout. I'm going to go get a refill, and I will be right back. All right. So while Nick does that, we got some time again. For you to get your WWE network loaded up, uh, one hour, three minutes, fifty-four seconds. I'm sure Nick has told you why we've done this already. Uh, the first match was fantastic. Uh, the second match I have not seen in a long time, so I, I kind of don't remember it that well. Uh, but yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not sure what this went up against. This is April of two, 1989, so it probably went up against WrestleMania four, I think. Back in the day, uh, let me look that up real quick. Well, I got a chance here. Uh, no, that went up. No, WrestleMania five. I take that back. WrestleMania five. WrestleMania four was in eighty eight. Yes, this was the same night. I knew it was something like that. There's a reason why this happened. This this bigger match is on this show. Uh, WrestleMania five was of course the the mega powers exploding. Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, WCW. I guess counter programmed that day, or I don't know who countered what. Um. Who did what as far as, you know, who went first or whatever. But here we are, a Clash of Champions. Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, two out of three falls, going up against the Mega Powers. Uh, the Mega Powers, great story uh, with, you know, Hogan and Macho Man and the whole build up with that. But we're not watching this just for the story. The story was good too, but this is about the action here. This is about Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, proving who is the very best in National Wrestling Alliance, or I guess in this case, it's still. It might be already World Championship Wrestling. It's you know it's WCW logos everywhere, so why not? But yeah, this went up against WrestleMania Four. Probably look up some of the um, information as far as what the ratings did on this night uh, for Class Champion Six. While I'm at it, I mean again, April second, uh, nineteen eighty nine. I was just saying, Nick, that this had, if you can hear me, yes, uh, this went up against WrestleMania Five. Uh, this was wow. the same night as WrestleMania Five, so uh, I'm sure because I think that I think what happened was they um, Survivor Series went up against Starcade that the, the the previous year in '88, maybe. Um, I think that's what happened. I gotta remember that as well. Um, 1988 Survivor Series. Um, because I, I remember hearing this, this so many times. Stuff happens, and I hear it. But I don't necessarily remember it. Um, you hear these stories about what happened in the Survivor Series is November twenty fourth, Starcade December twenty twenty sixth. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I was wrong. Either way, maybe that was the first year they uh, maybe Starcade was moved to December. Maybe yeah, maybe that was eighty seven. Then that I was thinking about uh, as far as yeah, Starcade and Survivor Series. Starcade was November twenty sixth, 
That's the very first Survivor, Survivor Series, Series was the same day. So that was 87. Damn it, Vince. So, yeah. That was the one where I think they counted and said, like, oh, whoever picks up uh, Starcade, they won't be able to get WrestleMania 4. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, whoever cable system oh, did that, like, that's when Vince did that. So, but again, this night, April 1989, Clash Chang is going up against WrestleMania 5, which, of course, Mega Power is exploding. Wow. Um, so, I don't know, Nick, are you good to go? I'm good to go. All right. Well, let's do it in three, two, one. Hit it. All right. All right. We got oh, some got fireworks. Some pyro, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Laser what is that? Show. Ric Flair with a K? Yeah, what the hell? Get it's out of like, here with that. That's him. <laughs> I wonder if they'll show the name overlay on the screen with the graphic. Watch it have R-I-C. I was the same thing. <laughs> Would they spell it right on the graphic Look at that overlay. robe. Was that they the first robe he wore in WWE? That's a nice robe. I do not recall. April 1989. I was a young, two months old when this match happened. Oh, wow. Do you remember it? <laughs> <laughs> Vaguely. <laughs> I wasn't even full two months yet. I was I turned two months a week after the show. I, I had just turned three the previous October, so I was about three and some change here. So More fireworks. It was before, before my wrestling fandom. This match, by the way, took place in New Orleans. Mm. Um, it says at the Superdome. Because, of course, it's class champions Raging Cajun. I don't know if it was at the Superdome. It had Super only 5,300 people there. It wasn't a big crowd for the Superdome. But 4.3 rating on TBS. Oh, wow. Pretty good. Got his iguana there. Oh no, it's his child. Never mind. Seaboat <laughs> is the champion at this time. Is this kid wearing like a dragon costume? Yeah. We got Steamboat's with Family Man. <laughs> he got his kids and his wife with him. The dress on his wife. Look at that. I feel like this was maybe not uh, entirely, but it was almost like a slap in the face at Vince because he wanted to take time off when he won the Intercontinental title a couple of years prior, and Vince wouldn't let him. And I think that's when he had Hockey Talk Man beat him. But he's here now, like with his family, kind of like, hey, I'm the world champion now, and here's my family. <laughs> There's Gary Michael Capetta. With his Hall of Fame. That's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. Technically, I mean, maybe we can put it in our Twitter bios. We're Hall of Famers. We just don't have to tell them. What? <laughs> I mean, Gary Michael Capetta lends us some, you know, some credibility, right? You would think. Uh, they did. They spelled it right there. R-I-C. He's still the bad guy here. 
typically they had RIC on that graphic, but they had RIC cannon and lasers. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. <sighs> That's the type of stuff I wouldn't be able to take back then. <laughs> if, I, if I was the same person I was today, I'd be like, nope, I'm out. I would I would have switched the channel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a rookie make, though. You gotta get better than that. Spell the guy's name right. He's former world and it champion. It wasn't like Ric Flair's a newcomer at this time. It's like, come on. Right. The guy's in the main event. We can get his name. Got to get his name right. The thing is, you, you got to get it right. There's only one. You only got one shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. this is live heat, man. Thank Jim Terry Ross Funk? for calling this match with Terry Funk. Yeah. I'll tell you, the first time I really heard about Terry Funk was. He was in WCW, right, with the Bunkhouse Bot or something, weren't they? Like a tag team? Or Dick Slater or something like that? I do not recall. Midnight's. And he went I to e- ECW. I, I didn't know. I didn't know Haas Funk was Dory Funk Jr. And I'm still uh, upset about that. <laughs> Man, remember Dory Funk Jr. Was, being in I'm like, the Royal Rumble? What the hell is Haas Funk? Like, who is this Haas Funk guy? Oh, it's Dory. <laughs> I didn't have no idea. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Dory Jr., I should say. Now look at these ring ropes. Not Dory Sr. Random. Blue, yeah, I don't, white, I don't understand yellow. the colors. I don't get the colors on it at all. It was so funny because back then I was like, yeah, red and blue makes sense. But then I would like see this randomly and be like, what? And then once WCW went to the all black ring ropes, so I was like, okay, that looks better, but I'm still notching it. <laughs> oh, it slapped across the face. He <laughs> said, just retire me now. <laughs> really, Terry? Come on. Man, imagine this time period with Ricky Smith, the first one to like step in the ring in high-profile matches with Randy Savage and then Ric Flair, two-year period. Like that's that quite is, a resume yeah, for him. Yeah, you almost forget about the fact that you know, that WrestleMania three match was an instant classic. I mean, you don't forget about how, how much of a classic it was, but again, he was having like classics, like one after another. It seemed like yeah. 87, he has to see the the. the uh, the what you call it? The Savage match, and in '89 he has the, this trilogy, which is to this day, by some at least, regarded as like the best trilogy of matches in wrestling history. I know some people might say, "Oh, Okada versus Omega." Yeah, it's subjective. It's a matter of opinion. Some people like vanilla ice cream, which I think those people are crazy. Give me chocolate all day, baby. Some people are like me and you. We like chocolate exactly. <laughs> I don't know how you can like vanilla. When vanilla, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's just when people describe something that's bland, they literally <laughs> say it's vanilla. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will say I do like vanilla at least when you mix fudge and peanut butter with it. Um, that's fair. But you got to add something to it. Yeah, exactly. I can't just have vanilla by itself. Chocolate, right. I could deal with by itself. Oh yeah, all day, every day, <laughs> twice on Sunday. Yeah. 
Oh, camera work. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> What's going on, TBS? Superstation? I wonder if this uh, match went head-to-head with the main event of WrestleMania. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. This was only, what, two hours long? This class of the champions? There was nine minutes total. Let's hear on the WWE like Network. Five is- I feel like WrestleMania 5 was a good show, but I guess it depends on what time this show started. Yeah. It could possibly still line up. Maybe it's hopefully into the main event because I can. Hogan and Savage was going an hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think WrestleMania 4 was tabbed at four hours. So I don't know if WrestleMania 5 followed suit. Um, all I can remember is I started watching WrestleMania pay per view was just three hours. So. But now that this says 209.30, it makes me think Clash of the Champions was either two and a half hours or three hours when he added commercials in. Working some holds. I wonder if they had commercial breaks during this match. Ooh. Ah, See? I don't know. Maybe that, that's the reason balls. why a lot of these matches went 60 minutes back then. You had a lot of rest holds. Which is fine. I don't mind that. But people are, you know, they like to compare eras. And it's like, oh, we used to regularly wrestle 60-minute matches. It's like, yeah, well, you had a ton of rest holes. So. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he almost had it. I thought he kept three. Um, I mean, I guess, I'm sure he didn't. I just looked like he did. But <laughs> yeah, I'm crazy. Maybe he did. And then he was just like, forget it. <laughs> moving right along. I do miss that referee look. Glad it backlash. The shirt with the bow tie. Yeah, yeah. Glad it backlash. They had Charles Robinson wear the long sleeve shirt with the bow tie. <laughs> we didn't talk about that on this show. But that yeah. would a it was a good match. Yeah, but it's like. It takes away from it when you know it's taped. So See, I, I mean, it didn't for me. It, it didn't for me, but I, I don't hold that against anyone for going into it like that. Since we know that for a fact, I, I do because that's what wrestling is: It's live playing out live theater, like, especially when it's obviously taped. It wasn't like it was like live to tape where they shot it once and it happened once and that was it. They edited certain things out. Mm-hmm. This was like they did retakes apparently. Yeah. Like I think Edge got in a spot where yeah. he they tried to do something again a second time. Yep. And you know they did things multiple times, those close up camera shots. Yeah. Like, like that that was weird. Like it was. Wasn't a fan of when, when they were grappling and then the camera was underneath and then when Orton yeah. got Edge in that TDT position on the rope and yeah, that weird ass camera angle showing Edge's face. That was weird. Really weird. Like WWE I get you're trying to do some more things with these cinematic matches because you don't have fans there. You're trying to get give something, you know, the fans something different. But that was not the place for it. I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't no. think you know the the Firefly Funhouse match or the the Graveyard Boneyard match, whatever that was, or the <laughs> even Money in the Bank. I'd give you leeway with that type of stuff. But or even like I said, the uh, what was it? The uh, the, the parking lot brawl with Adam Cole uh, and yeah, uh, Velveteen Dream. Dream. Yeah. But this is just a straight wrestling match yeah, in the ring. It just like, looks stupid. Yeah, yeah it just looked, and it, it was it was jarring. I didn't like it. But Edge and Randy Orton put on a, a very good match. It was a lot of fun. To, I mean, not a lot of fun. I'll say that it was, just, it was very <laughs> good. It exceeded my expectations, which weren't very high. I, lo- I purposely lowered them because I just <laughs> didn't like the way the um, they set it up. 
Right, the whole uh, promotion for it. Uh, it was perfectly fine, though. Uh, Shayna Edge got hurt uh, <laughs> in the greatest match ever. Uh, torn tricep, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So that sucks. But, I mean, look, that's you look, you're watching the Undertaker documentary now. You see, like, wrestling only a couple times a year. That <laughs> you, it leaves you more susceptible to injuries. Yeah. And Edge, he's like 46, something like that. He's only wrestled, like, what, three or four times since he's come back. And, you know, yeah. then he gets hurt. It sucks. I remember when they had that original promo at the end of Raw, and Charlie Caruso was like, this might, this just might be the greatest wrestling match ever. And I remember tweeting, like, the video of that, her saying that, and I was like, whoa, relax. Uh, just thinking <laughs> it was, like, a funny line that said, but no, that was absolutely planned. That's Their goal was to create that tagline and we went like the next week and I was like wow that's just weird but I mean it got me to watch which I guess yeah. it was the point but yeah. it's still dumb it's still <laughs> dumb it's a dumb tactic to use like, it is frustrating we're out of ideas what do we it's like just clearly out of ideas it's like alright it's called the greatest wrestling match ever which is dumb because they already had like a blood feud type of match before this right right then they go in there and have like a Matt Classic what was supposed to be a Matt Classic it's like this is but I guess backwards you know, they want people to tune in and that's the thing they don't have the fans they can't sell tickets for it so why not throw that tagline on it and you know if people are saying the greatest if they're seeing the greatest wrestling match ever they're almost kind of like drawn to it that's just human nature i don't i don't see them getting any more viewers than they would have had otherwise but that's either here or there <laughs> watching steamboat and flair tommy young somehow getting in the way <laughs> for no reason He's in the ropes, I guess. He's finding himself he, in the he, ropes. He, he gives up. He gives up. What's he counting for? Get away from the ropes, I guess. Yeah, get away from the buckle. But then, like, when, oh, when have refs ever? player in the game. When have ever refs them to get out of the corner? Like, when did they? Since when do they count to get out of the corner? In, in WWE, because it was a legit sport for oh tonight. Like, they had the dumbest rules. The dumbest rules. Disqualification for throwing over the top rope. What is that? Stupid. I mean, can you go, can you do that in boxing? <laughs> <laughs> that's the immediate disqualification. If a guy just takes a guy and hurls him over the top rope, so I think that's where it came from. Uh, that's my opinion. Then you got then you got to put the things to connect the ropes. You got to have those things that go from the top rope to the bottom rope, and have the New Japan Pro Wrestling turnbuckles. Yeah. Or just that they have that one pad. Yeah. Making an actual boxing ring. Well, you can't just throw a guy out of the cage in the UFC either. <laughs> That'd be a disqualification. <laughs> just pick him up over your head and just toss his ass. Ha! You know, that'd be, that'd be wow. Man, freaking WCW. Stuff just happens. I'm imagine WWE, though. It's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Was this technically WCW or still NWA at this point? I, I think. see the WCW stuff all over the place, like the graphics and the overlays. And uh, I totally yes, missed that. So, my bad. Totally missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy Rick Flair selling though when he like yells like that. <sighs> uh, <laughs> it's like okay, that the first one might have not hurt, but that one definitely hurt. It's <laughs> because of his reaction.
Mm. Turner brought WCW in 1988. That's what I thought. I don't know if they rebranded it WCW right away or they waited a little bit. (laughs) The flare walking towards the ref and just like, what is going on? And then he just flops. It's great. You know what I miss? This Jim Ross. Um, when he's involved in the action. You listen to him, listen to him how he just doesn't seem like he's enjoying what he's doing. And that could be just the way I am interpreting it, but he doesn't seem or sound excited about anything that he commentates anymore. You know, that Tyson and Jericho brawl, like he just was like, well, they're pulling each other apart. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, is no disrespect. Anymore. I think we can all acknowledge that he's not as at his peak anymore. But that's why he shouldn't be the lead man. But I still think he's kind. Of, I still think he's pretty good. But it's hard to really get too into stuff when there's no fans around. I think now, especially like an announcer like Jr., when there's fans around, it's easier to feed off of that emotion. Yeah, but nobody I, I, around. It's just like you can try. I mean, it's that's a tough gig. To call yeah, and it. I feel like even when fans were around before the coronavirus, he still. I, I had a hard time buying his excitement or lack thereof. You know, like he just didn't seem as excited. He just kind of would talk in a normal voice, and maybe that's just him right now, which is fine. Um, just doesn't give me excitement. When I'm watching, he's older. I mean, I don't know. He's, he's just not. Maybe he just had the same gusto he used to. Which again, but then again, like you said maybe he shouldn't, he shouldn't be, be the, calling. Yeah, exactly. Shouldn't be that role, but he's He'd be still a good color guy. They have. Yeah. I mean, Tony Schiavone can call play by play. Right. Well, he's more than capable of doing that. Right. He's. I would say, you know, he's arguably probably the best play by play guy in, in business right now. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> like, and then there's respect to a lot of other guys. I think that a lot of other guys are good too, like Michael Cole and. Tom Phillips, I think they're hampered, and Marvel too, right? Uh, even Kevin Kevin Kelly, um, yeah, for New Japan, you know, in this commentary. But I think they're hampered, at least in WWE. They're hampered by Vince and style. They definitely made that sign. We heart WCW. Oh yeah, it wasn't planted or anything. No, they like <laughs> WCW. <laughs> Steve on his backside. <laughs> These chops. Deadly. Steamboat selling them, man. Yeah. Like he getting shot. Master. Master. We haven't even He's had a first not fall like yet. Dying. He's still fighting back. That's- yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, damn it. Oh, Terry. I love it. <laughs> a ref going up. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. I enjoy that. that pin, man. I enjoy that. Like that's the realness of it. You know, instead of Earl Hebner who would have went to the other corner and not even looked <laughs> at the shoulders. <laughs> he would have went to the to the far corner. <laughs> yeah. He would have looked at the video screen or something if they had one. <laughs> Gotta cut them shoulders, man. That's the realism that I miss in in that. And I mean I know I do make arguments based on the fact that it's not real, you know, but at the same time, 
I'm a fan of the realism and I want to see the realism. And I just don't see that the way this match is showing like how they're making everything look real. And that's what I miss in pro wrestling. I mean, that there's just time after time I'm seeing wrestlers just setting each other up for moves and spots. And it's like, there's no realism anymore, but I know it's changed. This feels like there's like real stakes to it. Right. Everybody's taking it very seriously. I understand some people may not want it to be super serious. Like, oh, it can't be that serious because it's all, it's not real. But like, yeah, like everyone everyone that watches knows. But kids, you know, still bringing in kids. Kids like this stuff. Make them believe what they're watching. That, and too, it's like, you can maybe, possibly, still get newer fans by presenting it more realistically. Like, yeah. I think everybody knows when they watch reality TV, it's not completely reality. There's they set up the scenarios, they put them in in pre like not really predetermined situations, but like you know they put them in situations for them to interact and for them to have conflict. So it's definitely like some storyline they might adhere to and stuff like that. Like this, that doesn't it's not all reality, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yet people still watch these shows in mass. Like they still love these shows, and it's not because. They don't feel duped by the fact that it's not 100% real. People know it's not 100% real, but they take it right. so seriously, even though some of these shows are so ridiculous. Like, Night Day Fiance. And look at what I we're watching right show. now. Ric Flair trying to pin him, like, five times in a row. That's... Hmm, he's trying to win. Yeah, that's the realism. Like, if somebody kicks out of a devastating maneuver, don't just sit there looking shocked. Try, try and go for the pin again. Like that. We don't need that shock face. Maybe after the second kick out, maybe that works, but not the first. Maybe after kick the out. fourth kick out, <laughs> right? But you know, people buy into the to the reality shows, even though they're not on the up and up. They don't right. tell yeah. you right up. But that what the, what those shows don't do is tell you right up front: this isn't that real. They play it as if it is a hundred percent real. Yeah, and people buy in. I think wrestling can benefit from doing the same thing and not doing so many things that take you out of the immersion of the experience. There's nothing they're doing in this ring right now that's taking you out of it. That tells you, man, this ain't, this ain't, right. you know, this feels like a struggle. This feels like yeah. two yep. guys who are the top of the game fighting for the top prize in WCW. And there's not just a win at stake. There's money. There's, mm-hmm. there's a legacy. There's fame. They want all of it. And they're fighting for it. That lady right there behind Ric Flair <laughs> is digging it. Yep. And it's like they're portrayed as equals that they both have an equal opportunity to beat each other. Oh, he uh, missed that shot kick. Oh, wow. Well. That's it. Pin him. <laughs> Get that figure oh, four on. Oh, oh, never mind. Oh! Wow. wow. How could Ricky let that happen? Flair gets the first fall. Unbelievable. 19 minutes? Wow. That felt longer, but... Yep. Yep. They have that commercial break, so... Yeah, like I said, they probably did it in between falls. You can't, I can't imagine they going a whole hour of our commercials back in the day. <laughs> Raging Cajun. Raging Cajun. Who's the Raging Cajun? Exactly? I love how, like... I know, but, like... 
how the graphics would stay on the screen for like 10 seconds. It's like, okay, we get it. We're going to a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> that's how a lot of older shows was. It's I know. Like they had like outro, I know. I look, I look back like, and I've Graphics laugh. and videos. Yep. It's so weird. Though. Like, <laughs> just, you just go to commercial. Not, I feel like who, what show was I watching? I'm watching old episodes of like Nickelodeon Guts or Legends of the yeah. Temple. And they would have like outro like videos of the commercials. <laughs> and it's like, I don't need this. Just go to commercial. So we'll be right back. Bye. And that's it. Yeah, there's old like TGIF shows where <laughs> the uh, intro is like a, a minute and 30 seconds. It's like, okay, like we know the characters. Let's go. Like For the every single week. You're going to see this. So, all right. I'm on a kick now watching old step by step episodes on Hulu. And they are. Step by step. Yeah, they have this intros, like the credits of like who, who's in the show. And it's like a minute long. It's like, come on, we don't need that. Step they, by ha- step they had to step have those step. catchy jingles, though. The step by step hold up? Um, I don't know. That's a show I haven't watched since, like. I mean, there's not, there's not good moments where they, you know, Al was dating somebody who wore a kilt, and you know, Frank would be like, he's wearing a skirt, that type, that type of crap. It doesn't hold up, but the lessons are, you know, nice. I guess. (laughs) But yeah, there's there's some things that you go, ooh, that wouldn't fly today. Nothing, shows. nothing that I've seen like that's um, big back body drop. Crazy, yeah. Get them. <laughs> they are actually in the Superdome. I saw that one shot, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a stadium." <laughs> yeah, and they it's got in here right the now. The reason why yeah. most of it is it's dark because they only got five thousand people. Now, I don't right. know if they sold a bunch of tickets. Or, like they tried to sell a bunch of tickets. I can't imagine they're going to sell out though. I mean, right? not in the Superdome, though. I, I don't, again, I don't know what the business of this was, whether they opened up the whole thing or they only sold 53 right. tickets or right. whatever it is. Yeah. Especially for a Flair Steamboat match, though, you think they would expect more, but I don't, I don't know what the attendance was in the Chi-Town Rumble when we watched. That's a good question. I mean, that the up. attendance wasn't great for WCW this point i don't think not like tremendous I'm not talking like mid 80s early 80s when eight thousand was, was the attendance there shy town roll how many eight thousand eight thousand that's still pretty yeah. good but early late 80s early 90s w wasn't like business wise it wasn't tremendous you say that yeah. they had some talent but from a business standpoint look at rick flair just, and rick just spamming the moves here <laughs> but from a business standpoint, so Bischoff came in and had to like kind of transform things because the business yeah. wasn't great. Had a bunch of different regimes and go, you know, from Bill Watts to Jim Hurd and blah blah blah. So I don't know. I don't know exactly which regime this is under. Uh, it's probably, I guess, the Bill Watts era. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Look it up. I can look it up. Let's see. Oh, he came in WCW 92. So, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Jim Hurd, right? Well, yeah, because it went from Watts to, uh, what's the name? Uh, Bischoff. Bischoff. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, 
I can look that up. Jim Hurd, baby. The pizza guy. <laughs> uh, he was yep. He was hired as executive vice president of World Championship Wrestling in 1988. Okay. His Good first work. his tenure officially began on January 3rd, 1989. So only a couple of months wow. into the Jim Hurd era here. Just gotta wonder if this is his doing since uh, the first match was in February. Maybe this trilogy I mean, was his it. brainchild. I, mean, I don't know if it was a the booking by committee at this point or what, but. Flair selling is really good. Gotta say. It's probably hurting, but whatever. <laughs> oh, God! Oh! Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Get him off me! <laughs> He's right there. What's he doing? I guess I didn't do the rope bricks. This one. Oh, no. I'm off Tommy, now, trying to get him so, off. Yeah. Okay. I guess because his head was underneath the rope, but yeah, couldn't reach for that. Guess it would hurt more. Maybe. Maybe that's a strategy. Thinking. Maybe that's what it. the Patriots should have done. No comment on that. <laughs> Freaking Wilkes. It's weird. I like how Tommy Young, kept, Tommy Young kept Steve-O off of Flair for a little bit because he's lying <laughs> on the ground. But he, he got himself to the corner. So he's like, oh, it's okay. You can punch him down. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, he's still like, well, on his he, feet. <laughs> it's like, well, he moved. So he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he continued to beat him senseless. A lot of chops and shots and a headlock takedown. <laughs> chops and shots. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a party right there. Yeah. Some pork chops and some shots. <laughs> <laughs> right up my alley. It's a hall of home- Omaha steaks delivered, so there you go. I'm ready. Lamb chops. Yeah. And some shots. Not a big <laughs> shot guy anymore, though. Why is Flair yelling? It just cracks me up. Oh. <laughs> Here comes the back oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, Don't spoil it oh. Don't spoil it for us Terry Oh Steve-O <laughs> got him He's down to oh. one knee Oh we got him uh, Backslide We don't see that ah, I can't die to that We don't see that enough anymore <laughs> The backslide Yeah At least At least the struggle Into the backslide Yeah Like that was a whole spot right there. Yeah. 20 seconds ago Ooh Lady, you gotta move back. Yeah, what the hell? Where's security at? They might hurt you. Them, them oh. barbells might hurt. Yeah. I never sat in the front row at a wrestling event. At least perf- this. I did at CZW before, but not like WCW or WWF or ECW or anything like that. I think, hmm, I sat close, or if not in the very front row at. Uh. <laughs> At an independent show, it was, I don't know if you know, Luke Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. He had a, he's based out of New Orleans, and he his promotion, Wildcat Pro Wrestling, had to show up here in like, it was June 2017. 
and I took a friend of mine, a lady friend of mine I was dating at that time, took her to an independent show, wrestling show, which in hindsight, I was like, why did I take <laughs> to independent wrestling shows? Why did she agree to do that with me? But Try to be uh, interested had, in your interests. That, that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's fair. I just, in hindsight, like, I mean, my current girlfriend, I think she'd be open-minded enough to do it, you know, to do it with me. I didn't know this girl that well, <laughs> so I don't know why she did it. And I, I don't know if she was expecting, like, something better. <laughs> like, I hope not. I hope she didn't have her expectations out. Um, but uh, we sat close to the front row, but we in the very front row of the show. Luke Hawks took care of us. Uh, some, well, I want to say took care of us. I think kind of sat where we wanted. Uh, <laughs> in the, um, the old 2300 Arena there, yeah. South Philadelphia. <laughs> it was, was it time. in better shape at that point? No, it was in really shape. Yeah, yeah that, this yeah. is like you know, it was only a couple of years ago. I don't, I don't remember the when building. they finally made it habitable again. Because when we went in 2013 to Extreme Rising, uh, it was not uh, not very not. nice. <laughs> it was, I would say, 2014 when they finally got it together. Okay, actually, officially, because that was like a soft reopening. That yeah, event. yeah. Like I don't yeah. think it wasn't. Clearly, it wasn't open yet. It was mm-hmm. like bare bones. They didn't even but have the uh, merchandise area. I don't think at that point. Yeah, set up. and plus that that promotion was a fly by night type of operation anyway. So yeah. um, they they weren't going to have the infrastructure to make it really shine at all. But I remember I was going to be preeminent blog bleedphilly dot com. That was going to be something I covered, and then it became what it became. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it came came nothing. Um, <laughs> I would say it was maybe spring 2014 when they actually relaunched and reopened the 2300 Arena. And it was nice. It's been nice ever since. So this was, like I said, 2017. And by that point, we we had been in there a bunch of times over the years Mm -hmm. up to that point. This is like, you know, Ring of Honor shows. I've been to Chikara shows there. I went to a Lucha show there. And, of course, in 2018, actually the next time I was even at that arena, well, actually, no, take, take that back. Because we were there for the Conrad and uh, Bruce Pritchard show in twenty eighth, early 2018. Yeah, yeah January. Yeah. Yeah, January. But June, of course, I got a Super Bowl ring at 2300. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to hear all about that, check that out in the archives on Patreon. We had Blue Meanie on the show. Joining us talking about a 2300 arena and Eagles football. This we talked we did that with like summer twenty nineteen, I guess, something like that, or early twenty nineteen for the exact time. It was sometime in twenty nineteen, obviously. Um that was a lot of fun. That was a fun show. Uh that we talked about. Yeah, it might have been April. We uh did a barely legal retrospective as well. Um and he was on for that. Uh, so yeah. it was before that, so it it was probably twenty eighteen, yeah. No, twenty nineteen, I think, right? Because it might have been I I a few months after. It might have been in the fall of twenty eighteen or winter yeah. or something like that. I don't know. I'll go back and check the dates. If yeah. you're interested, though, you can thank the Straight Shooters for the Mind of the Mini podcast. <laughs> there you go. Check out Blue Mini's podcast. Yeah, uh, for the showers. Yeah. But if you're interested in listening to that episode, uh, go back through the archives on Patreon and check it out. Dollar ninety nine. Whoa. Except Steve yeah. on the chop there. What if that was the end of it? <laughs> it's just like I, <laughs> Ric Flair won two nothing. Slapped a fire out that man, and that's it. <laughs>
So you don't really look at Ric Flair and say he was the most muscular wrestler in the world, but he didn't have a terrible physique. He just had, you know, he wasn't lean, lean, but uh, he wasn't he a was bodybuilder. Yeah, he was built. <laughs> he wasn't like Hulk Hogan, but no, you could look at him and be like, man, that guy's built. He, he wasn't a bodybuilder. He was, you know, he's an athlete. Oh, so he's in shape. Had great cardiovascular conditioning. Yep. <laughs> The back right now, though, is in pain, pain. He is hurt. Oh, Ooh. another shot to the back. <laughs> oh, God! Oh. He just stays on his on his hands and knees. No one is back to attack. Oh. Can't go anywhere now. You ain't going anywhere, buddy. Can't get out of the ring. What is the ref even doing? Like <laughs> everything Ricky Sebo is doing is legal. It's like relax. Double chicken wing. The, baby. This is the one thing I don't. I mean, it's like sometimes the, the refs get too involved. He's like literally right. Oh yeah, he gave up. So maybe that's why oh. he was in his face because <laughs> he knew that was coming. But yeah, still, it's just weird. To, All right, one one. Yeah. And that's the realism. I, I do like that. It's realistic, but sometimes the refs are too demonstrative and they take away from what the athletes are doing in the ring. I mean, that finish was cool, though. He worked it was. back for a little yeah. bit, really injured his back, and then put him in a submission that put his compromised his back even yeah. more. Uh, here goes another graphic. Yeah. <laughs> in case Two, you forgot, there's going to be a third five, fall here. Six, seven. Like, come on. <laughs> Just in case you forgot, there's going to be a third fall, so don't <laughs> yeah. go anywhere. <laughs> Flat takes the ball. He just tuned in when that graphic was on. Right. Just in case. <laughs> oh, like over to him. Dirtiest player in the game. I wish they still had photographers in ringside. That's cool seeing them. I was just thinking about that. About that. I mean, I see why they don't have them, so they don't right. not in the way. It's a cleaner yeah. shot. But you see photographers like at ring, at like on sidelines at football games. You see them mm. on the sidelines at basketball games. Maybe obviously, you know, they can take up a lot of space. They can get in the, sometimes get in the way, but you know, like they got one or two there. That's not bad. Yeah, the first time I really noticed it at WrestleMania 11, when literally the entire ring was surrounded for LT and yeah. Ben, but. That was absurd. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a different level. It was really annoying. It was like every match was. Well, I don't know if they were there every match or if it was just the main event. I don't remember because I haven't watched WrestleMania 11 in a long, long time. Good but for you. It was like an extra lumberjack match when you had all the photographers there and the million dollar team and the NFL players. Now they put them in pits. I've. And you know events that I've covered, whether as a journalist or working for the Eagles, I'm familiar with why they have like photography pits. Yeah, in the way they mm-hmm. still get their shots. Yeah. Um, like this year at the Pro Bowl, this year I went to the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge to see if I could get something out of that. Mm-hmm. And they try to kind of usher us all into a pen area, 
So like say a pit or a pin, let's say the photographer's pin uh, at the event. Uh, I had a cell phone. I did not have a camera. So it was like, this is not good <laughs> for me. And everything was happening super far away. Like it was on a baseball field at the ESPN Wildwood Sports. So imagine the photography pin is like left field, like outside. Oh, big shot from Rick Floor and the referee there. But imagine the photography pin is in left field, but everything else is happening in like center field. It's like, great. So I stayed there very long. But the reason is because ESPN was filming the skills challenge. They don't want people, they don't want people like me running around in the shot, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to shoot what's going on with my cell phone. So, keep, yeah, keep I was the putting the photo photographer pit at Wing Bowl. I was like, wait a second, I'm not taking photos. <laughs> That's eventually they eventually they moved me, but wing bowl, man. Yeah, we should have wing, wing bowl. <laughs> Talk about our endeavors at wing bowl. I went and uh, RIP went and uh, hung out in the hockey bench area. After that, I was in the same. I was, say, I was I was on one of the benches. Yeah, the hockey benches. What years did you go? I went in twenty. I want to say twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. Uh, I think. Mine was 2015, 2016. Okay. So I, I either went to two or three. I definitely went to two. I got to look at my credentials and yeah. see what you were. Because I remember one year Mick Foley was there. Yeah, that's... Hey, dude, I don't know if you remember this. I was at uh, runandbleedphilly.com at the time, and I took a video of the uh, Foley putting the chicken wings in his... Uh, <laughs> I do remember that. Well, fanny pack. And um, I remember posting it to like YouTube or something, or and the link on Twitter, and just kind of like laughing. It was before we could really post videos to Twitter too much, um, so I posted the entire thing, and uh, I actually got a, a message from ESPN's assignment desk, and they were like, "Can we use your video on our platforms?" And I was like, "Uh, I was like, awesome." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, just credit me and bleedly dot com and." You know, you saw it around the horn and PTI, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I went 2014, 2015. We got a episode. Yeah. For those who don't know, there's an event that happens here in Philly where it happens. It doesn't happen (laughs) anymore called the Wing Bowl. Uh, It's a wing eating competition that happens, like, I think the week before the Super Bowl, right? The the Friday before the Super Bowl, yeah. Friday before the Super Bowl, okay. And it was essentially started as like, because this is started like in the 90s, I think by Al Morganti. And it was like essentially for Eagles fans to get together so they can lament not being in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the thing. Like, we need something to do before the Super Bowl because we're not going to be in it. Let's do Wing Bowl. And it's a wing eating competition. It's like a nationally renowned, like top competitive eaters would come to this. <laughs> and those be not only wing eating in an arena full of people, by the way. Not only wing eating, but like strippers and it's, it's like strip clubs, like sitting all the strippers there to dance and the nets. It was, I went twice. It was wild. We got to talk about this at some point, maybe a Patreon special or something. But yeah, it, it was wild. Maybe we should get Spike asking on here too to talk about it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. It was a, maybe maybe a <laughs> Bill Matz. Yeah, yeah. Billy Matz. Congratulations to Billy Matz, by the way. It was yeah, Dave Grant. Yeah, congratulations to the to the lovebirds out there getting yeah. engaged. I knew something was happening in those wildfire studios. <laughs> some love was brewing. Then there, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah, maybe we have them both on here or something like that. Yeah, about maybe. Because by the way, my cat just jumped cool. on the back of my computer chair and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Literally, her, she missed the back and her claw went right into my back. Yes. She she missed the back of the chair and went too far, and I was like, "Oh my god, someone's attacking me!" <laughs> that was just my cat. Yeah, we we gotta have a wing bowl because I, I think she's two, tired two of hearing years. me talk. Mm. It happens. <laughs> cat is sometimes mean. Yeah, just in general. But two two years. I want to say it was twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Wow, wild both of you. So keep I mean, one year. I was you know this was back in the day where you know. Capturing fights on video, you know, gave you big web hits and all that. So I was one of those idiots that found a fight in the crowd and videotaped it, posted it, yeah. got hits, but I'm not going to do that. By the way, all this now. debauchery, for the people that don't know, that would take place in a packed Wells Fargo Center, yeah. would happen at like 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was dumb early yeah. in the morning. The video I, over by like I literally, o'clock. I would love walking the doors at 5.30 a.m. to get It was ridiculous. Yeah, we got to... We got to save it for a, a show because it's so ridiculous. This, this yeah. event, yeah. And I, I, I tell you this one thing. I think before the first year that co- I covered it, I was t- live tweeting from it on my account. Mm-hmm. I don't think I gained more followers in a single day of my life <laughs> than I did for the Wing Bowl. It's ridiculous. I probably gained like three hundred followers that day <laughs> just from tweeting the Wing Bowl. Like, what? Like I tweet about Raw and, and wrestling every week, and I don't get all these followers. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, and Wing that's Bowl. when, you know, luckily we were able we were able to cover it before you know the Eagles won the Super Bowl because it was kind of the end of Wing Bowl as we did knew it. End it. Did it end it before we won the Super Bowl? Or after? No, it was after. I think they had one or two Ooh. more. So okay, yeah, maybe just one more. But that like that was the whole inspiration behind it is that we didn't win or that yeah. we weren't in it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And once we won, it was like, all right, well, what's the point now? <laughs> I remember it was like right after Thanksgiving, they would start the qualifying, and I would listen to oh, WIP on the way to work, and they would have these people eating stuff in the studio. Oh, like I said, we got to talk about all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to save it for that show. Let's save it. There's so much to talk about when it came when it comes there to is, people. There is. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> right now, Steamboat and Flair. Flair's working on the legs. Oh, I can't wait for the Wing Bowl show. <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> Maybe we got to do it next week or something. Something. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sure even in the one or two years that we were there, we have plenty of oh yeah things to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, I can't wait. Actually, Ric Flair showed up. At a wing bowl. <laughs> now that uh, I they did. <laughs> I remember that. Maybe yeah. it was the year after Foley showed up. I think yeah. Flair showed up the next year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, that that sounds right. Yep. I, I remember, remember that. recording the promo that WIP ran and posting it. So I think Warren Boss, John Dornbos was always like a, a host. Yeah. Uh, of it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, I mean, I was, <laughs> it was just ridiculous stuff. It was just ridiculous stuff going on. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Only they 18 a, minutes? Yeah, they have a time limit? In a two out of three falls match? How does that yeah, work? Yeah, they have a draw? What the hell? So if they I had mean, a draw is... in fall two, then Ric Flair would win. No, actually, no, they would have to no, do they... the third fall because Steamboat could win the third fall. Yeah. Then it would be a draw draw. <laughs> yeah, a real draw. 
But I guess since it's TV, they still would have like the 60 minute time. That's true. TV time. You gotta get off the air at some point. These these lads in the audience are not staying still. <laughs> Back when you could just run around. How did he <laughs> see that? Man, the ref. There's no way the ref could have saw that. From his angle. This is back when you just run around in between your seats at wrestling shows. And yeah. Just run around like this now. I remember after the after like a pinfall, everyone would rush to the guardrail just because they wanted yeah. to touch the wrestlers. Security group you up so fast nowadays. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. You got to protect the wrestlers. Right, right, yeah. But that rush that I would see like on TV would be like, whoa, hopefully they don't run over the guardrail. Ain't it hard to take a picture with a suit on? Like, come on. He has to wear a suit tie. Ringside. Rocker oh. dropper. <laughs> rocker dropper. <laughs> Not a swinging neck breaker? Nope. Name it the rocker dropper at the Shake, Kong rattle, and roll. Stop it. <laughs> Trying to steal Honky Tonk Man's. Oh, yeah. Move. The one that. Honky Tonk Man's move. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I, I totally forget how he beat Ricky Stebo for the title. Or did he even pin him? I don't even remember. How about that? I don't think Stebo was stripped, right? He he just lost to the Honky Tonk Man. I believe so. I think, yeah. Uh-oh. 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 Get your arms up. Get your arms Uh-oh. up, Rick. Get your uh-huh. arms up, Rick. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he went, he went back. Oh, he got him. Uh, that was great. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> referee running to get out of the way. That's great. Did I ever tell you I got choked out in gym? From this? <laughs> no, but maybe you did. I'm still angry about that. You should be. Guy was just messing with me, but didn't realize he actually was crushing my windpipe. And I was trying to, I was struggling trying to get out. Next thing I know, I'm waking up. I'm seeing everyone's feet around me slowly come from black back. I'm seeing light again. My head's throbbing. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Not great. 11, 11th grade. We got to fight at that point. Man, I had no clue what happened. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I mean, wait. after. Yeah, I was like, wait, what after happened? After you get a semblance of what the hell is going on, you come to. <laughs> and then it wasn't until five, like, five minutes later, the dude came up to me and was like, I'm so sorry. And then, then I remember the, the last thing that happened was he was choking me. I was like, dude, what the hell? Uh, I was going to say sorry to these hands. Colorful language, but um, he seemed remorseful and, you know. I'm always the bigger man, so that's that's mighty noble. Right? <laughs> Go ahead, call me. You did the right. Call me. A you did wimp. the right thing. <laughs> no, no, no. You did the right thing. And he flew out me. of the ring. Did you see that? <laughs> I did see that. All the other side but of the ring. Oh man. Me, less noble and more <laughs> vengeful. I would have been, bro. You gotta say hi. You gotta say sorry to these hands, bro. Oh, man, but and the dude was almost punch. twice my size too. So you can punch was... and run, Nick. I've done it before. <laughs> Works. Oh, Did man. it when I was in fourth grade. This dude was like 
I mean, big dude. He had to be like 6'8", fourth grade, I swear. 6'8". <laughs> and I, <laughs> and yeah. he, he, he was, I forget why we were mad at each other. We were in the schoolyard, and it was like me and him. And I ran up on him, gave him one shot, pow, and then took off running. I know he couldn't catch me. And all the kids like, Wow, he punched him. And I ran and ran. He couldn't catch me until like the like the uh the school people, you know, the adults kinda took us in and it's like, all right, here you go. Get in here and go to the office or whatever. And I remember we were sitting in the office <laughs> and I forget who it was. I don't know if it was the principal or we were both sitting in the office and somebody came and was like, Dude, you punched him? Wow, look at you. <laughs> He's like proud of me. And that's when I knew I did something right by standing up for myself. That's good. That's good. You should stand up for yourself. Kids should stand up for themselves. And there were times where I was wary about doing that just because I was bullied as a kid, too. And it's kind of like, you know, I didn't have anything that would have stuff for me just because they, I didn't, I didn't grow up around like bad people. It was just at that time, I didn't realize what kind of stand up for myself meant. It wasn't until I was a little older. But yeah, there were there were a few instances that I made were, uh, in my childhood, <laughs> getting in fights and whatnot. Not crazy fights, just like weird, weird things like that happening. Apparently, when I got choked out, my head hit the. We were in going to gym class, getting in our squads, and I fell, and my head hit the court, and I started convulsing, <laughs> according to eyewitnesses. So that's why my that's why my head was throbbing when I was coming to. And, oh, that's uh, terrible! It was, it was weird because the next thing I know, I'm seeing everyone's feet, you know, like in a circle. They're just huddling around me, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> then I went and played kickball. <laughs> yep, that's exactly how it went down. I can believe that. Hey, uh, I just shake it off, kid. <laughs> you did. Check out those cobwebs. You got your bell rung. And that's it. <laughs> that's how we were, even in 2001. 2002, whenever it was. I don't remember. But Man, this is like a chop fest, man. How many chops so far have we seen in this series Counted. of matches? Jeez. 147. <laughs> <laughs> He's crazy. crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Terry. Terry Funk. The Funker. The ref going out. Like, what's he doing? Why is he out there? There's no need for him to be out there. That's what I kind of mean about the ref taking away a little bit. It's like, he's doing all these weird things that get my attention. Maybe that's my problem. What kind of sneakers do Tommy Young got on? <laughs> Just curious. Those Air WCWs. <laughs> <laughs> Air TBSs. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Yeah. It's curious. What kind of kicks Tommy Young got on in there? 
Six minutes left in the match. Boy. Well, imagine it's emergency now. Imagine this ending in it all going ahead to have a WrestleMania. I would have been mad. Yeah, you can't <laughs> have that. You got the the mega powers exploding. You have to blow up to that you know mega feud, pun intended. And you can't have a draw on this show. No, no, no. Mm. It's got to be a winner. Boom. Mm. Ow. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> how many? Forget how many chops have we seen. How many old gods have we heard from Ric Flair? <laughs> oh. Uh, uh. Oh, what? Geez. Oh, oh Flair. Steamboat got his shoulder up. But Flair's foot was under the rope. That's why we had a third match. Oh, come on, man. Hogan versus Savage was better. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Marks. That was a hell of an end. That was. That double chicken wing. Yeah. Got flipped twice. Double chicken wing. This is why they had judges in the mm-hmm. last match. Because yeah. of this you know, disputed finish. Wow. And I believe Terry Funk was one of the judges. Ah, uh, that when they had that angle after that match. Yeah, the Funk and Flair, which is the um, mm. the next match we'll talk about on yeah. the next episode of Streets. The yes, third and final installment of this epic trilogy between Flair and Steamboat. Now let's revisit their 1994 Spring Stampede match, but that's not part of this trilogy. No, uh, 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 <laughs> oh, there's see. that. Flair did have his foot under the ropes. See, Ricky Seaver, I don't think, had his shoulder up yet. Yeah, very, very controversial mm. finish, so to speak. You can see that. He has an arm in the air. <laughs> Referee's winning. Okay. All right. Well, that was a classic. It. Yeah. That was match number two. Yes, it was. Epic mm. trilogy. Between those two, so uh, it's been fun though watching these matches so far. Going back and yeah. seeing that old presentation from, you know, obviously it's WCW, but it's still some NWA feel, you know, to it. Uh, that realistic sports presentation just feels like there's a lot of stakes involved in these matches. So that's like some of the best parts to me of watching these matches is just like the look and feel and the, and the ambiance and how the commentary is approaching it and how the wrestlers are approaching it. It's all played straight, and it's great. That yeah, rhyme was not I intended, like it. but bars. Um, so, yeah. Uh, as we wrap up episode 239, Nick, take us out with some plugs, please. You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. And follow me at Nick Bacone on Twitter. And you could also check out phillyinfluencer.com phillyvoice.com for recent episodes of this podcast I think this is our longest show so it might be kudos to us but it was very fun we covered a lot of ground on this show we're talking about uh, you know the sexual assault stuff that's going on in wrestling when you talk about wrestling video games which was a very fun discussion yep uh, that we had going taking that walk down memory lane and spending another hour <laughs> watching Flair versus Steamboat. 
my uh, first so, show with this new microphone, so hopefully I sound great. Yeah, I think so. And I'll be there that. with you hopefully soon enough. So <laughs> You sound uh, good I'm anyway. At- <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I'm at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, you can check me out on there. What you can't, what you can't check me out is out here in these streets because we're still under quarantine. Even though things are getting better, you know, things are nice. Yeah. But we're not quite there yet. Got ways to go when it comes to uh, this quarantine. These, I would say, things are getting better here in Philadelphia. There are other places where they're not getting better; they're getting worse. That's another discussion for another day, but you still won't be able to find me out here in these streets too much. Uh, <clears throat> maybe a little more than before, but still not much. Uh, make sure to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash radio. Subscribe to some exclusive content, including that episode I talked about with Lumini. You can listen to that for the small fee of $1.99. We only have one tier on there, and it's $1.99. You can also check us out on a bunch of social platforms, like Nick said. Of course, on all the platforms on the internet, where you can find podcasts. So yeah, check us out on all those platforms. Support us any way you can. We greatly appreciate it. But until next time, for Nick McCone, I'm Vaughn Johnson. Johnson, that's my name, Vaughn Johnson. (laughs) Thanks for listening to episode 239 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week.